Good evening and welcome to The Blender. I am Gino, your host, and of course, right next to me, sitting to my left on your screen, Michael, Christian Patriot Net. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, a good Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to you both. Thank you. Very happy Father's Day to both of you also. I uh, had a very lazy, laid-back day, did pretty much nothing except barbecued, so it was a good day. Yes. Uh, and tonight, Michael, again, returning guest. It's already his fourth time back on the Blender. Mm-hmm. That's that. By the way, that is a world record on the Blender. So by far, it's not even close. So <laughs> we'll be sending the paperwork off to the Guinness will... <laughs> people after <laughs> immediately after. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes, folks, you are not seeing triple. We all have beards tonight. So I'm I the only reason I have one is because there's a skin irritation. I'm letting it grow. Then it's getting shaved off because it's driving me crazy right now as we speak. Yeah, Joe is definitely the leader in the beard category tonight. It's yes. not even close. So and that we are so thankful that Joe is back with us. He is the founder and president of CE4 Research. Uh, all close encounters of the fourth kind, in case you don't know what that stands for. And also the National Director for the Philippines, MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. Everybody knows the mutual UFO. Is it network? I always mix it up the end. Network. Network, yeah. Yeah, mutual UFO network. Yep. And so Joe is back and because I thought, what better timing? I texted Mike. I said, listen, we have all this alien stuff going on. <laughs> They're like yes. inundating us with alien stuff. Supposed crashed, you know, UFOs and little green met well not little they're saying they're eight or nine feet tall apparently in this guy's backyard so we're going to discuss all this stuff tonight and i'm sure we're going to hit on some other topics along with our uh alien agenda that is all over the place i'm going to go on record and and maybe i should even throw up the disclaimer well before we even get started (laughs) let's just (laughs) let's i'm going to go out and say we're in the biggest psyop maybe of all time being prepared for the biggest psyop so and i think my uh co-host and guests would agree with that all right absolutely after all that joe welcome back to the blender our friend how are you thank you thank you guys i'm great and i i'd love you know being here with you guys we cover so much every time we come on you know i we think do. this is my fourth time but we've already racked up what 12 hours worth of <laughs> recording already you yes know? I think we used all the bandwidth and gigabytes available here on, on our platforms. <laughs> and we're just touched. We're just touching the subject. You know, let, your people need to know that, you know, it's so complicated. It, it's so deep. Um, you know, that rabbit hole just goes for miles, you know, and a lot of people don't know that that aren't really into it and, you know, don't research it. Um, but it's, you know, we'll talk about it later, but it's, it's made this way for a purpose. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. We'll, we'll get into that later. Well, when you say made, you're saying it's actually engineered and designed to have a yes. certain effect, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and my, 30, my 30 years of research has led me to that, that this whole thing is, is orchestrated. Um, it's perpetrated by a group, and then it's orchestrated by somebody over them. And... I think once you get to see that and how it's laid out, I think it'll really open people's eyes. I would have to agree with that. I think, and I think that day is close. I think it's closer than we probably even yeah. think it is. I really do. 
because you know we're living in a time i would say the last six seven years i've never seen such great exposure in medicine science so-called science pseudoscience uh, you know, uh, in education, you're just seeing it across the board. And I think it's that it's, I personally believe, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I personally think it God's, God's exposure and justice is here. I've believed that that has been going on for about two years. I think it started in the church. I think the church is really about to be exposed in a lot of areas. And we're going to see some really good days ahead. And all this nefarious hidden agendas and all this stuff is going to be exposed. It's it's that Red Sea moment that's going to be approaching again. And I'm excited about the future. I can't wait. And I know not oh, all my absolutely. Christian brothers and sisters agree with that, and that's fine. We can agree to disagree, but that's just kind of where I'm I'm at right now. Uh, I used to be on the other side. I used to be very, uh, what do they call it, gloom and doom. I was <laughs> I thought the end was coming. I'm like, oh no, you know, get get the water and the food and pack it away, and you know, make sure we got. Uh, our, our bug out bags ready to, you know, I'm just, I, I'm a lot more calm these days. I really believe that God's doing something really amazing. And and it's for such a time as this, we're, we're all yep. here to witness it. Anywho. So Joe, let's, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Las Vegas alien or would you prefer to start with what was going on um, with the uh, whole, I don't know, would you call it disclosure, this whistleblower supposedly that comes out and starts whistleblower. Ratting uh, out, yeah. Let's do the Las Vegas first. I think that'll that'll capture people's attention and want to stay for more for sure. Okay. Because this let's... one's this one's really confusing. You know, this one's all over the gamut for what people want to believe about it. And I think you really got to understand how to do research, how to do investigations. You got to understand what to be looking for. You know, and. Uh, those are the things I was trained in, you know, to be able to do. And I'd like to give you my perspective on what I'm seeing on this. Because most people say, you know, the final outcome is this is one elaborate hoax or something really did happen. And then if something really did happen, what are we talking about? What is that really? So, yeah, let's take a look at that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and play the TikTok video. This is the kid that... Uh was working on his truck apparently it was like 11 12 o'clock at night he's doing some mechanical work in his pickup um in a neighborhood just a suburb suburb of i think it was a suburb of las vegas somewhere outside mm -hmm. of las vegas and apparently this was back in april the end of april this ball of light shoots across the sky it's kind of bluish in color blue hue and they hear this gigantic boom it's caught on a bunch of people's rings and you know the other uh, uh video capture devices and sound devices I mean, to me, it's a meteor. I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> I've seen them before. It looks, that's what it looks like to me. But apparently everybody thought it was some spaceship that crashed and, and then aliens were in this guy's backyard. So I, what I'll do is I'll play the video. You tell me when to stop and you, you want to discuss uh, what he's talking about. So here we go. Okay. The best of my abilities. This is not a conspiracy theory. I'm not making this story out for cloud or fame. I just want to tell you what happened to me and my family. And I know some people are not going to believe this, but each person is different. So this is what happened to me. Keep in mind, this is midnight and I'm fixing a truck in my backyard. At this point, I'm only with my brother and I hear something fall from the sky. I turn around. The only thing I, I see is a big light falling from the sky. And moments after, I feel a big impact and a 
and a bang, sort of like a big impact fall. And me and my brother looked at each other and we were scared about the, but when that impact happened, it was sort of like a shock wave, like an out of body experience. So to say, when I tried to look at the object, it was all blurry, not my vision, but only the backyard area. Stop right there. And I hear thousands of footsteps around. The only thing I, I see. That's one of those key things I wanted people to recognize. A lot of people just blow right over that, don't even catch it. What did he say? He said he had like an out-of-body experience. It was mm -hmm. like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. we, we all know that an out-of-body experience, that's a paranormal event. Right. Okay. And as believers, we don't actually go out of body. Um, that out of body experience that people talk about is the effect of the demonic realm on us. Okay. So keep that thought in mind as we move on to the to the interview. I'm only with my brother and I hear something fall from the sky. I turn around, the only thing I, I see is a big light falling from the sky, and moments after, I feel a big impact and a, and a bang, sort of like a big impact fall. And me and my brother looked at each other, and we were scared, but, the, but when that impact happened, it was sort of like a shock wave, like an out-of-body experience. So to say, when I tried to look at the object, it was all blurry, not my vision, but only the backyard area. And I hear thousands of footsteps around me and maybe a couple seconds later, the blurriness was gone. And here's, here's the footage of the body, the police officer's body cam. And here's the object I'm, the object I'm referring to, the light. Video. Here's a ring camera video. You can hear the bang. This is around the neighborhood. So here's the video. So when that happened, the only thing I can see in the backyard is a tall creature, probably around eight, 10 feet tall, very thin. So I called my dad, he went to the backyard and he saw the same thing, the same creature I saw. He told me to go inside the house. At this point, we all freaking out, me and my family. And here's the video where we were in the backyard area. You can see, you cannot see it too good, but on camera, but it's there. Here's the video. Moments after the video, me and my brother went to go pick up my tools. Then my brother calls me and he told me, he told me shakingly, look behind the forklift. So I look, keep in mind I'm facing the forklift and then I see the alien creature. So when I saw it, it was a tall, skinny, lengthy creature. He was a gray greenish color. And when I looked at it in the eyes, my body just froze. Hold it there, Joe. 
Yeah, hold it there. Okay. What he's what he's talking about, he mentions that it's like sleep paralysis that mm -hmm. he, he went under. And we know that that's also related to a lot of paranormal experiences that people have. So we've talked about this before and I'm 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 waiting to see if you get it yet where I'm going with this is to me he's in close proximity of something something that's affecting him psychologically and physically okay uh and that's a key thing that probably is going to get missed on a lot of interviews with him but as soon as I saw this interview I, I had no doubt that um, this was not a hoax. This is something that affected him, you know, deeply affected him. And he's using the right terminology for something we've already heard before and talked about before. So keep going with it. And there's one more. Well, I was actually going to add a couple of things. I think he's genuine. I have no doubt yeah. this kid's genuine and he believes this happened and all these things are going on around him. Um, I also saw something earlier today that that boom that you hear that he played earlier mm -hmm. <clears throat> was actually recorded two weeks earlier. Now, I can't verify that yet to know if that's true. It was someone else in the neighborhood's ring uh, video cam that caught that boom from the you know meteor or whatever it was. So I don't know if... if I, I, at the same time, I believe he's genuine. He's not making it up. I don't know if he knows that the... Because the footage he's looking at is from the body cams of the cops... And then also some ring footage that he had. But it does appear to be that the, the body cam from the cops was on the same night, even though the yeah. other guy says the ring is from two weeks ago. So I don't know there's that weird thing going on, but I would believe the cops' cameras before I would believe this other guy that came for it. But I want to put that out there because I know people might have seen that story. Okay, here we sure. go. It's almost midnight on May 1st when a Las Vegas Metro police officer's body cam catches this, something flashing low in the sky. 911 emergency. Minutes later. There's a, there's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Someone calls 911, reporting two large figures in their backyard. Uh, no, I'm still nervous right now. The 8 News Now investigators obtaining another officer's video as he's sent to the Northwest Valley home. I have butterflies, bro. Everyone thought a shooting star. Then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. By now, it's more than an hour after that bright light. Officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What did you see? It was like a, it was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long testing top. I'm not gonna BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or they see like a big. That's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. Gotta... Police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property. What's clear? They're taking this call seriously. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yes. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too only reason I'm actually investigating it further. That investigation turning up no concrete answers as of Wednesday. Whatever or whoever fell into that yard, long gone within minutes. Oh, hey, if those nine-foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is quite weird, Brian was saying during... Okay, so... I guess the part I'm a little confused on, maybe you can clarify 
where did this thing crash? Was it in somebody else's yard? Or are they saying in his? Because there's no evidence of a crash in his yard or spot of a landing of a vehicle, correct? Except they had the ring in the in the in the on the ground. I saw that, but some I saw people that went to Google Earth and they said that that has always been there. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I did see that earlier today too. Now, if you take it back to where he was talking in the beginning, he says when they heard the boom, okay, and that's when he said it was like an out-of-body experience, and his vision went blurry, and then all of a sudden he could finally see again, and that's when they saw the being, okay. So this this may not be what people are expecting to be a, a craft. Okay. That's what I want you to think about here. We're going to think outside the box on this. Um, and that's what I want you to, to, to listen to real close. So, okay. Well, that was the end of that video. Is it, was that cut short or something? It was cut short <sighs> because the one that I watched the other day, Right at the last thing he says is they went back into the house and the whole family started to pray together. And then they heard screaming outside. Really? Really. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... now, do you, now do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've talked about this with you guys on the other shows we did. There's an event that kind of leaves a signature um, of these angelic beings performing a manifestation. And that, that signature has been recognized for decades through UFO sightings and in the reports. Um, Jenny Randall's was the one that termed it. It was called the Oz Factor. And I've actually sat and interviewed somebody that, you know, actually had experienced the Oz Factor during a sighting. And what's fascinating is they remember more of you know what what puzzles them and they and they're remembering is more about how it affected them than what they saw okay um in close proximity of a close encounter this oz factor what they're talking about leaves these type of effects on human beings okay if you're in very close proximity which obviously these guys were it's like I'm still trying to put this manifestation process together and I'm working on it, but I believe that when these beings manifest as part of this delusion, they're not fully in our realm, okay? They're in our realm, but they're still enveloped by, you know, whatever it is that is part of that manifestation. And that affects us as human beings if we're in close contact with it or close proximity of it. And that's what I'm seeing here in this event. This is not extraterrestrial at all. I believe what we're seeing here is a spiritual manifestation of beings, okay? Uh, these aren't physical beings. They've manifested into the physical, but they're not from here. They're from the spiritual realm. My key question is, what triggered this event, okay? Um, it doesn't sound like it's this family that triggered the event. It could be the guys next door that triggered the event. Who knows? They could be in their, you know, the back room doing satanic worship mm -hmm. or something. We don't know. 
you know, we don't know the whole story of what's going on. But I believe that what we're seeing here is a manifestation of a spiritual entity or multiple spiritual entities. You know, I take you back again to that 1994 Zimbabwe school, you know, and uh, where they where they had 80 kids on the playground that had a you know visitation, and you see a lot of similarity about the way they describe themselves during the experience, you know. You know, something came to mind when you were talking about, you know, about the neighbor and could have been in the, na- you know, who knows what the neighbor was doing to bring this upon, you know, this community. Yeah. Um, and it came to mind, you know, uh, the uh, the CE5 people running around and how they're spreading their methods and more and more people are doing their, you know, whatever their, whatever their, uh, their communication methods are. I know, I, I don't know enough about it. I just know that. They're doing. They're, they're. He's claiming that they're doing something to call these things in, and I'm wondering if there's a correlation, a potential, you know, a potential link between them, you know, because those people are we're connected via the internet now, so they could be sprinkled all over, you know, the world. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a good possibility. You know, that app is a, a digital app that you know Stephen Greer has been selling for the CE5 experience, and you put it on your phone, and you, you know, you open the app up, and it goes goes into um I, I from what i understand it gives tones mm-hmm. that helps you go into the meditative state to where you can open yourself up to receive you know communication with these entities you know this is conjuring spirits is all mm-hmm. this is you know uh yeah who knows what what brought this on but definitely there's an open door in that area somewhere mm-hmm. you know that would cause this to happen but the the for them appearing and, and, you know, that light that could very well just have been them, you know, manifesting, coming in, you know, um, the boom, you know, part of the part of them showing up. It's, we're not sure, but I, I think it's all points to that. And that's just not something that most people are going to talk about <laughs> during an investigation, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, now, keep in mind, I have no MUFON hat on now. I'm not talking as MUFON. <laughs> right. I'm talking as I'm talking as you know, CE4, because, you know, I I can step out of my parameters or those parameters a little bit, you know, and and recognize that uh, something's not right here. You can't just ignore those things that he said. There's Mm -hmm. a reason those happened to him like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let me say a couple of quick thank yous. Joyful June, we thank you for the cookie. We always appreciate cookies. Thank you. And Ranger Billy has donated 144 pills we do not have a little animation for 144 pills so what do i always do (laughs) tonight is going to be a special night so we're going to use this anytime we get a donation that isn't in the you know which one i'm going with michael if you had to guess perfect (laughs) oh no At least it drops Another, it back down and there's a stuff left. You know, it's there's, just a yeah, little bit mutilated. No mutilations on that one. Yeah, that one's <laughs> that was that was the uh, Peter Friendly uh, version. Yeah. Is, is that the McDonald's crap? Oh I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious. Man. So listen, <sighs> Joe, and all the everything you just spoke about resonates completely. And you know, there is another app. Um, if you watch like the Ghost Hunters show on, I think it's on uh, what is it? Uh, one of the 
I don't know, I forgot what channel it's on, Adventure TV or whatever it's called. Um, they actually have an app too where you can you can play your app and it'll it'll uh, take the frequencies from the room and you can hear the voices speaking to you through your phone. No, no, so no, it's no, no, it's no. it's like a Ouija board on your phone, no. but and now you're actually getting the the actual mm. voices. And I don't know how many, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of downloads they have on this thing, but you're conjuring spirits, familiar spirits, sure. into your home, into and and eventually into your own body, to dwell inside of you and wreak all kinds of havoc. I know when I was younger, I used to be fascinated by all this stuff, ghosts and sure. ain, you know. Um, yeah, aliens, angels, all this stuff. And as I started researching, and especially your research, Joe, yours is probably the the number one research that I would go to. I'm like, this this guy knows what he's talking about. Like this, yeah, this makes sense. It was the only thing that ever made sense. Because everything else, and especially when I became a Christian and I started looking at the biblical evidence, I was like, Oh my gosh, okay, yeah, I've been fooled. You know, I had to renounce all that garbage. Uh, but they they wreak havoc. I mean, you you've yeah. seen it firsthand. Don't open that door. <laughs> you know, L.A. Marzulli. What does he say? Uh, rebuke and ask questions later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we got this kid. He seems genuine. Seems like the story's you know legitimate. I I personally believe that thing's a meteor. Michael, what do you think that thing is falling out of the sky? I mean, it looks like anything else I've ever seen. You know, just coming in. Looks like a meteor. Uh, the the lack of evidence of these things even standing there in the yard, you know, there, there's always there's always no evidence. There's always a story, but there's no like track or, you know, and and I guess people jump to the Star Trek and they go, well, they you know they can teleport, like they they just they just assume you know because of sci-fi, like oh well you know we don't need that because they could probably teleport. They probably have this technology or that technology, and I know that's where my mind used to go. Um, yeah. But I will say about this the the video. My daughter recently we we just moved, Joe and we uh, were looking for a new church to attend. And I was on a website. My daughter's twelve, and she's really well versed on propaganda and, and everything. And so we we go onto this church website. We look at the video, and the music starts, and it's nice piano music in the background. And she's like, "Dad, why do they have to add the music? And they have to?" And I'm like, "Man, you're just boom." And that's what I I. I keyed in on at the beginning of the video was that music in the background and I, I was thinking my daughter right now would be like you know they're trying to get you to think a certain way because of this music <laughs> but it doesn't negate that you know what what he experienced wasn't is what wasn't what he experienced it's just yeah i agree with you you know the mainstream's not going to get to that truth that you that you and 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 we are talking about right now that these are these are spiritual entities they're manifesting somehow um that all of these you know side effects that somebody else would say oh it's because they have high technology and you can't get close to it we're over here saying no this is you know we're not we're not meant to interact with eternity in this body and i think that it's very it's very reasonable to assume that if we had interact with anything that has to do with a realm outside of ours, we'd have some kind of negative effect, be it psychological or physical, you know. Oh, so you know, you know that the the effect of the meteor and the boom. Um, after watching those videos, you know, a few times, the 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 memory kept coming to me from Terminator on how they would appear. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that little ball. And they yeah. get up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was <laughs> muted. Sorry. Yeah, was... The... yeah. Yeah, the glowing That's ball. Right. I remember that. And then Arnold, yeah, the opening scene, he's like curled over in a fetal position. He's naked, right? Yeah. He, he's, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. You know, and it, uh, and it left the, you know, impact, you know, when it came in. So, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, Kiwi, thank you for the cookie. Kiwi is our friend from down under she hates when we say that she's from new zealand they're not technically down under but we, it's just easier for us americans to say that so <laughs> thank you Kiwi. appreciate you so joe i um uh, i have another video now might like michael it was perfect segue by the way and michael did not know i had this video but apparently some observer who was watching that same tiktok video we watched was looking in other areas of the yard to see if he could see anything and mm -hmm. this is what he saw. Okay, so this is a very slowed down screen recording I took. And I know everybody is trying to find the aliens in front of these guys, but I noticed something insane. And I want everybody, my two friends who will watch this, to take a look down, uh, pay attention to two areas. We're going to look down here on the bottom right behind their fence and right up there. But we're going to first start down here because I found something crazy. Okay, so I want you to pay attention to what I believe is the creepiest part of this video. And I'm going to point out two things you need to pay attention to right here, which is the head. And if you look really close, there's actually a shiny black eye. And what you will see in about a minute is a hand. That, I believe, is some creature, non-human, crouching down. And that was its eye I just pointed at. And I want you to pay attention to what appear to be fingers running up the fence, as if it's kneeling down or something and peering out. And then there you go, see the fingers. And I think I, I go back and forth a couple times here, but it looks to me like there's a little other or a big creature looking through the fence on the bottom there, crouched down. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you tell me. And then there's his fingers going right up and down, up and down just looks like almost a human hand crawling up the fence and at the very beginning you see an eye and i think right here i show you the um the fingers um this is my really poor attempt at drawing over the fingers but there's like an eight foot person um, beside it so what's really interesting about this is it is happening next to them and kind of in front of them but behind a fence um yeah, the fingers are really crazy. So I think I'm going to show up one more time and then I zoom out and I'll show Let's you join. what even made me realize this was here. So, okay. So see how many different times of looking. So what I noticed was if you look at the top right, look at the top right right mm -hmm. now, there's actually a shadow figure. A It almost looks like it's a dense shadowy figure comes into frame. If you're looking right if at the three fence posts, if you're looking at the top right of them, you're actually going to see something that looks like a shadow figure that has density, and it's only there for about a minute. And when it walks in the frame, I think I'm just going to highlight it right here. I was doing the best I could on my phone. Um, I noticed there was movement below it, so I don't know if maybe the whatever creature was projecting a shadow up above it or something. Um but see, there's the eye and the hands, but it also looks like there's another aspect to it, which is that shadow that you can clearly see walk in. I know everybody's looking for the alien in front of them, but there's one hiding next to them. 
Okay, so the shadow thing there at the end, you can clearly see the guy wearing the blue shirt when he's moving his shoulder. That shadow is moving in unison with him. So it's obviously the light behind him casting some dispersion or some something mm-hmm. over there. But I got to say, the other stuff's a little creepy, a little weird, whatever's going on behind her. Maybe it's some little kid hiding from the cops or <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> running his Alicia. fingers up the thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. No, I like this is what I love about the Internet, though. You know, you put mm-hmm. a video out there. People are going to analyze it. They're going to, yeah. you know, they're going to look at, at these little things. I mean, I clearly saw the eye and the hand. Mm-hmm. That was a clear, you know, once once he pointed it out, as soon as he said there's something here, I could see it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like he had to draw over it to show it to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, if these things are manifesting through, I I would imagine they're not always in the right spot. You know, they're not always like perfectly right there standing in the bright spot for you to see them. They, they could be, you know, little, little, uh, parts of them coming through other areas. And I I mean, I, I, it, it can be explained, I think, you know, if that was really picked up by the camera, but at the beginning of the video, I did see the figures in the background too. That was interesting because that was the first time I actually really looked for them in that uh in that video when they're walking back there but ah interesting so what what did you see joe anything once once i was told what to look for i saw it Mm -hmm. so that that's i got a question when when you know when that happened Mm -hmm. Uh, it didn't jump out at me but it was interesting to see him show how that was looking. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, you'd have to have a lot better video, definitely, you know, breakdown than what he had on his phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I so, hope, somebody, hope somebody tries to do that. So, this is the supposed <clears throat> video of the alien. I think you've all seen this. I think this is funny. But so, this creepy looking thing <laughs> hunched over by the fence, ironically. I don't know if I I can't really zoom in anymore. That's a, on that. that's a chupacabra, Gino. That's not a that's a chupacabra. The, 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 those are well known in South Texas and Mexico. You're right. You are you are correct, sir. <laughs> Sorry. Where did this picture come from? This is I've seen this on several different TikToks, some YouTube shorts. Um, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and play the video. It's only and thirty six seconds. They were saying seconds. that came from this. That's what they're saying. Yeah, here I'll play the video. It's only thirty six seconds. Let me uh, turn the sound on. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, uh, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a dope. This is actually we so just terrified it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot. Nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes. Okay. Like, like, I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're shiny eyes and... And they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. So, to me, that looks like CGI. It looks like someone screwing around on a computer. They just took you? the phone call and they put that on there. And they're yeah, like, exactly. let's see how many exactly. views I can get. Yeah. And I've seen lots of videos with that same thing. That's not the only one. It's a good one. Yeah, they did. It. They, they, I'll tell you what, it's CGI and all the, you know, the animations and everything. I mean, they're getting so good. At some point, it's yeah. going to be hard to tell what's real and what isn't. I mean, mm-hmm. it's already hard. Like, I heard they do that with politicians already. Like, you can have <laughs> someone's voice put on a, on a, like a, you know, well, what's that, uh, uh, the hologram thing they have, right? Like Project Blue, Blue Beam and all this stuff. 
there's a lot of deceptive things out there that can they could literally start a war in a second by putting some fake hologram out there of you know someone you know declaring war against you know like china or something like that some politician um so it doesn't surprise me this to me i don't know i thought right away okay it looks like computer stuff to me you know but I could be wrong. Maybe it was something there. Maybe it's some, you know, someone caught some it, uh, paranormal. Very event. interesting. The, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the, the shape and lengths and everything, diameter of the arms. And, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that would be a, what he's talking about. I, that's what I was going to say. Now, did they, did they make that video after this? You know, they heard the kid on his call and they said, okay, we need something about nine foot tall. We need it to look like this. You know, who knows? It, it could be a million different things. Yeah, you'd have to know where the video come, came from. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was made on a phone and it should still be on the phone and somebody right. can track back to how they got it. Yeah, yeah, good point. So that it's, was, it's, I thought it was interesting. That's a good video. Mm -hmm. Okay, so overall, the whole Las Vegas crashed ufo and you know a couple aliens wandering around in the neighborhood trick-or-treating where, where do you stand on all this is it is it the kid we all agree the kid's genuine we think he's thinks he's definitely saw something you know or heard something crash and then saw these things i personally believe he probably did did see something i i don't I think he too. didn't see it i think he's describing something he actually saw i mean now where i think we're going to disagree with the general public is these weren't aliens this is just demonic trickery like like they've always done for for you know millennia correct uh we all agree on that yep yeah okay and you know maybe that's why we're not seeing the end of that video that i saw the first time when they you know the ones i keep pulling back up where it says they went back into the house and they all were praying together in the house and they heard the screaming mm. that's like it's being cut off Hmm. But he talks about this thing in other videos, you know, being horrible, being ugly, being demonic looking, you know, so those that terminology was used by them. Well, I think the thing that was interesting, Joe, when you brought up maybe someone conjured these things up, because that's, you know, we, we know as Christians that that's possible. Uh, it's, sure. it's biblical. You can see it all through many different biblical accounts of them conjuring spirits and things like that. And God told us not to do that. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yet, but there is this intriguing curiosity inside of us as human beings. Like, oh, I just want to know if something's on the other side. I just need to know if something's out there. And, you know, it, there, it's this, I don't know. It's like when you pass by a car accident, you just have to look, right? It's that weird thing of you just have to look. You know, it could be grotesque, but you're going to look anyway. Um, and it, I, that's, I, think, I mean, curiosity I is good, what, but it, but it can lead you to some bad places. Yeah. And I think what people really want to know, are we all right after we die? They want to know, that's what they want to know. Is, is this it? Is this the end of everything? Do we just go into the dirt back to the worms? Mm. You know, that's what they want to know. And most of all, and that's why they want to contact that other side. They want confirmation that everything's going to be okay. You know, but the only thing is they want confirmation that everything's going to be okay. Even with as bad a person as they are. Mm -hmm. And that ain't what we know. 
you know, you, you've got to repent for those things that you've been bad for, you know, and that's what they're missing. Right. Well, it's, it's an interesting case. I just find it, it extremely coincidental that it happens to coincide with the other guy <laughs> that just happens to be a whistleblower to come out at the right time and to distract us from all the other things that are going on politically uh, worldwide. So let's go into that story. Well, real so, quick on that. On yeah, the go ahead. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, you know, you, you, you had said you'd seen him say that he sees these things and they're horrific. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder where his faith is. And perhaps if somebody else would have seen them, would they have appeared to be angels? Would they have appeared to be beings of light? And maybe not, maybe not, you know, what maybe we would see as believers versus what an unbeliever might see. I wonder if there's a, a different manifestation um, between the two. Just, just a random thought that came into my head while you all were talking. So throwing it out there. <laughs> well, we, we do know that happens, you know, even in the UFO community, you know, because everything that my research is pointing to that these are spiritual demonic beings and they're, they're perpetrating a strong delusion. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's different kinds of entities that are seen and more and more people are starting to see these entities that they call of high spiritual motive. Um, you know, instead of the dark reptile reptilians or the grays and things like that. Well, the thing is, people need to understand that's just a case of good cop, bad cop. You know, they're both on the same mission to deceive. And they can appear as whatever it takes to get you to believe that they are who they say they are. And they're saying they are extraterrestrial beings. They're saying they are otherworldly beings and here to help us and help the earth but you know that's not what this is you know you got to go back to the message that they bring doesn't matter what they appear as it's the mm -hmm. message what that they bring that gives them away I, I the message is always funny too because it makes you they always come with this thing like Oh, we're here. You're special. You're going to do special things. You've been called to do these <laughs> and people, I don't know. They yeah. fall for it all the time. Everybody wants to hear that. You know, it's the of same thing with, do. yeah, it's the same thing with what do they call that reincarnation, right? I mean, you're, you're, yeah. why is everybody that's reincarnated? They were formerly a king or a queen or a, a <laughs> prince of some form. I don't, it just makes no sense to me. It's never made sense. All deception. Now, now they're all just star children, Gino. Yeah. <laughs> all star children. Star children. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for the can, my sister, Tony. Appreciate that. She is modding for us tonight. Thank you. Right on. By the way, Tony does a great job. Tony's a good friend of mine. Tony, Mike, I don't know if you saw it. She put all your links out there. Thank for you, Tony. To go to. Yes. I appreciate that. Does a great job. I'll, I'll have to give you my new links. I think you might've put out the old links. Oops. But that's that was okay. my bad. I gave her those. <laughs> no, no, that's, 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 that's fine. Some of those are still up to date, so. I right, think good. some of them are dead because I shut down a couple of. We can previous. correct that. That is it's correct. All good. But thank all you. Right, so, I appreciate it. So let's get to this David Grush guy. Okay. So he is, uh, let's see, he worked for, let's see, I got it right here so I didn't forget. Worked at the uh, geospatial and he was an Air Force Intel officer apparently. Um, I'm guessing that has been vetted. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll just assume he is. But I find the timing just 
extraordinary that it would come out right now and, and then coinciding with the Las Vegas thing. What's going on, Joe? What's going on in this crazy upside down world we live in? More psyop. <laughs> Anything to get us to the truth. Um, I think there are those that do know the truth. They're in a position that can't let it out. And a lot of them, you know, are using the opposite of what the truth is for whatever their means are. To me, this guy is just the new Bob Lazar. You know, Bob Lazar came out a couple of decades ago. Um, maybe he just wasn't convincing enough. <laughs> so this time around, they got one that's got all sorts of rank and, you know, um, positions to bring with him. And the only thing is, again, like Bob Lazar, he's got nothing. You know, he's just scratching our itching ears that, you know, we want to hear something. We want to hear some kind of truth, you know, and he's just saying, trust me. But, you know, we're done trusting these people that come from PSYOPs, mm -hmm. you know. It's interesting because I've been following this really close from all the different ones that are coming out. And it's not just this guy. You know, the news is hit on this guy, you know, big time. But what about all the CIA agents and the FBI agents and the NSA agents that have been coming out sporadically over the past few years? You know, um, Semivan, that's former FBI, and uh, John D'Souza, former FBI. You know, these guys are all telling what they believe is, you know, they were part of or has seen or experienced. And they're trying to, to give us their version of disclosure the best they can, you know, without compromising, you know, what they call national security. But what's interesting is I listen to all of them. They're not all telling exactly the same thing. So that's a major red flag. If this was something that was valid, wouldn't you keep hearing the same thing over and over? But you're not. It's utter confusion. And there's some other key things I picked up on too, is all of these three-letter people that have come out. Um, I haven't heard it from this guy from the military, but the, the three-letter guys that are coming out talking about it, you know that every one of them are experiencers, are abduction experiencers. Really? Yeah. No, and they I didn't talk know that. about and they talk about something that, unless you were aware that it happens in the abduction abduction realm, you probably it just go over your head if you heard it. But they talk about when they had their experiences of about receiving an information download like a computer download into their mind. And it's interesting to hear that come from them because I'm well aware of that, of what they're talking about. And it's something that you only hear in certain cases, you know, when people start talking about this abduction experience, but it's there. It's something that is, is in the records that people have this download. Well, I had my own experience, you know, that drove me into the new age. Um, I don't recall anything dealing with, you know, the, the normal abduction experience. All I remember is that night I woke up, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, and somebody was in my room. 
you know, I was sleeping alone in my bedroom, door was closed, but I woke up to a start, man, my adrenaline was just at peak level. And, you know, I was just eyes wide open. And the thing is, at that time, I was also, you know, a collector of weapons and, you know, like being involved in the paramilitary stuff. So I had arms in my room that were, you know, actually locked and loaded. You know, what good is a, a weapon if there's no wet, no arms in it? It's just a stick, you know. So I kept them out, kept them armed all the time. You know, I was ready to reach for something and just start blasting away in a bedroom in a house. And luckily I didn't, you know, because there were other people in the house and sheetrock doesn't stop bullets too well. But man, I was on fire trying to get my eyes to glue and find out what is in my room. And once I realized there was nothing there is when I had, you know, time to think about what was happening in my mind. And that's when I realized I was just getting this stream of, 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 of intelligence and, you know, uh, what do you call it even? This download of information, things I'd never heard before. And what you hear a lot of people talk about that had this experience, the download, is like they received all the, all the answers to all the questions in the universe, you know? And you can't sort them out. I was trying to stop them and trying to grab one, you know, as it was happening. And I couldn't get my mind to stop racing. I stayed awake that whole night, you know, until I could go share this with somebody the next day. And that, that was my introduction into the new age, because that was the first place I went to see a friend that I knew was in the new age. I wasn't at the time, but they confirmed that what had happened to me was an awakening, they called it. And I drove right into that new age, you know, field, hook, line, and sinker. And four years I've spent practicing new age teachings and, you know, trying to convert other Christians that I thought didn't know what they believed. And every time I would come across something new, information that was new, it's like, ah, I already know that, you know? And that's kind of how the way it released itself to me. But eventually, it ran out. And that's when I realized, you know, later that this was this was a false thing that was given to me. It was just a tease, you know, just a seduction. But back to the Garden of Eden, what what fruit did they eat from? The tree of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the same thing these guys are giving you during these experiences. It's something that is a lot of knowledge, but it's like Jeopardy knowledge. You know, it doesn't get you a job, you know, yeah. but it sure makes you able to talk a lot, you know, about things. But, you know, it's it's pretty much worthless. It's it's trivia, you know, the way I saw it. But I see this amongst all of those guys. It's the same thing. So I don't I don't know what to make of that. You know, I don't know whether the, do you trust these guys anyway? I mean, when they come out and say, hey, I want to tell you the truth. I've been, you know, psyops for my whole career, 25 years. And, you know, but trust I, I, me now. <laughs> yeah, trust me now. I mean, give me a break. And, and that's what this guy is. That's what this guy Grouch is. The same thing, except he's coming from the military, mm -hmm. you know, and he's got nothing to show us. And it's, it's like all these other guys are the ones telling him something. And he figures it's got to be real if he's hearing it from so many people. 
hey, you want to you want to experience that? Just go to a UFO conference. You'll hear so much stuff in one of those, and nobody's got any evidence. You know, I mean, they have this these traveling conferences. I call them the you know the ufology circus, where these same guys travel around conference to conference, and they supposedly have all the new stuff that's out, but it's nothing. You don't get anything. You know, you lose money out of your wallet, but that's <laughs> about it. You know. It's like listening to politicians. I didn't say that either, did I? Uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know, the thing that's always fascinating about this is just like you said, there's never evidence. It's a bunch mm -hmm. of talk. And But here's the thing. People are so fascinated by the subject, they are willing to take it hook, line, and sinker because yeah. they want it to be true. You want it to yeah. There's something inside that's like, oh, I know this is true. I know it's true. And then something confirms it. Like this, you know, whistle whistleblower again in quotes. Like we're going to be using air quotes quite a bit. Um, this guy comes out and, you know, all of a sudden he's this expert on all this stuff. These people told me and this so-and-so told me no evidence, no paper trail. Uh, you know, but everybody not came even, to me. Everybody, everybody came, came to, to this guy, which was amazing. And, I was the most important know, guy in the room. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so I'm sorry. I don't mean to criticize, but it just sounded weird to me. Well, it's Michael. <laughs> that's another good segue into what I'm going to get to in a few minutes. But I, I watched these guys called the behavioral panel on YouTube. They're great. They're like former military guys and stuff. And they analyze bot. I, I love them, that guys. one. Yeah. You yeah. sent it to me. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, and, you know, and... they analyze all that stuff and yeah, just to see if someone's lying. And and I was on it right from the beginning because I, I always watch people's eyes or I watch their, their head bobbing or moving. So I kind of know some of those things, but they just, they were just tearing this guy apart. <laughs> and I don't want to ruin it yet, but all right, I'm going to go ahead. Let's you, play this clip. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Yep. You know, <laughs> you have to look at that from both sides though. Did they train this guy to do that on purpose? That's okay. Yeah, that's a fair question. You no, know? I mean this yeah. guy's kind of grinning through the whole thing. That's what gets oh, yeah. me. Is, yeah, you know, he's he's nothing serious like, you know, uh, the UFO, uh, you know, aficionados that we we listen to every day. You know, he's he doesn't have that serious, concerned look like Richard Dolan does. You know, <laughs> um, this guy's all giggly and you know and got a smile the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, trust me on this. You know. So yeah, I, I, I think I finally made a major stall. Yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. I, I think the guy, I mean, to me, it sure seems like he was taught and told what to say and how to present it uh, to put out a narrative so people start believing. Like, I think it's so funny how things have just turned on a dime over the last like five years with disclosure. Everything was, you know, tight lipped, zipped up. Locked away in a safe. You never heard it. No, we can't discuss that. It will. It'll terrify the masses, and you know all these excuses. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh no, just uh, go in the vaults, read whatever you want. We got it here. Here's all the information. You know, and it's that's why it's so. Both sides were deceiving, whether they were hiding yeah. it from you or portraying it now as real. It's the same deception. It's the same people. It's just well, what are their motivations? What's behind yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the red flags, you know, the the yep. people, the people, when when somebody comes out and they are a whistleblower, how they are treated in the public space is a, is a real tell as to whether or not they're a legitimate whistleblower. If they're paraded around 2020 and all the evening deals or, you know, they're getting a 60 minute segment, I, that's my red flag right there, because then you have people like Edward Snowden. 
and you have people like uh, Julian Assange. You have even, you know, President Trump right right at the election getting thrown off of every social media site. Get, you know, if you put anything with Trump's face on it on YouTube, you're going to be banned. I mean, and, and how quickly those things can move to make, target an individual that I, doesn't have a uh, that that doesn't have the message they want pushed or, or their right. message goes against what they want pushed. So when when they're welcomed into this, it seems to me automatically fishy, and it's likely that they're sending this person out to to tell this story um, because if they didn't want it to happen, you would see that other reaction. You know, I don't I don't get it, and I also don't understand how things can be compartmentalized, but they have so much of the story. But if it's yeah. compartmentalized, how do you have so much of the story? Exactly. Yep. I don't. Exactly. We're not watching. We haven't watched the video yet. I don't want to give this, up. It's too much of it i'm having trouble with the chat i don't know why it keeps doing this sorry guys okay oh is it Hopefully not working I, it well it was but it was uh i'd i'd click on a name and then it goes completely out of it and goes back to my home page so anyway mm. um i just wanted i was gonna tell you nuga jack my good friend jack um go ahead and put your links for maximus i think people in this chat would be very interested in your stu your research in the maximus all things maximus follow jack nuga jack on twitter we do a show together sometimes on Monday. In fact, we got to do another episode, Jack, so we'll get to that. <laughs> but to go ahead and drop that in. That's You want to talk about some crazy stuff. Look into Maximus. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway, yes, I agree with everything you said there, Michael. Let's go to the video. So this is David Grush on News Nation. It's only I only have like a minute or two clip here, and then we'll talk about it. You had the security classifications to go anywhere and ask anyone anything. I had, based on my formal security clearance and multiple polygraphs, I had the ability uh, to be read into any program that I needed. At one point in time, I was extremely highly cleared. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current and former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. You are alleging that the U.S. government has been concealing the existence on this planet of alien life. I would couch it as non-human intelligence, you know, NHI, like we would like to say in our, our language. Why do you say that? Why do you say NHI? I don't want to necessarily denote origin. I don't think we have all the data to say, oh, they're coming from 
a certain a certain location and I and I, I couch it as somebody who studied physics where maybe they're coming from a different physical dimension as described in quantum mechanics. We know there's extra dimensions due to high, uh, high energy particle collisions, et cetera, and there's a theoretical framework to explain that, yeah. Just let me cut to the quick though. You're saying there is an intelligent species engaging with this planet. Yes, that's potentially extraterrestrial, yeah. <laughs> I speak for everybody sitting yeah. at home. That is a shock. It was to me, and uh, I, had a lot of sleepless nights okay i gotta tell you this guy is so credible if he told me santa claus and the easter bunny existed i think i'd believe it guys well <laughs> what's interesting is he's, he's he's at least giving us a half truth the second part after talking about having crap when they asked him about beings entities visiting us you know that part matches what we're talking about, even as Christians, because he's trying to describe it in the form of science vocabulary, you know, quantum physics, you know, the mm -hmm. whole idea of being mm -hmm. interdimensional. And he's just confirming something we already know, that this is coming from a different realm. You know, it's, it's yes, there's a physicality to it, but it's coming from a different realm. They just don't know how to explain that. They don't have words for it like we do. As a Christian, you just say, oh, yeah, there's spiritual entities coming in and manifesting in our realm. It's that simple to say. But they can't say that because they don't believe that. So they mm -hmm. use confusing, you know, uh, physics words to try and <laughs> try and come up with something to explain uh, what they're talking about. I believe that part is true. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. believe that part. Is, is truth that he's telling. They do know this. I believe it's the first part that we're getting that's the lie. Well, the thing that cracks me up about all these guys is the ones that you know are just like CIA or whatever, operatives or psyops. It's always hyperbolic language. Like he said, I had extremely high clearance. Why not just name the clearance? Why is it extremely yeah. high? Like, is, that's to like what, to brag about it? Or is it trying to put in your mind, oh my gosh, wait, I, I need to stop and listen. Extremely high clearance. You and, know, like, you know, not only extremely high clearance, but I passed multiple polygraphs. <laughs> so, right. and oh, that yeah. one, that was weird. Yeah. You know, I'm like, eh, that okay. is, that's yeah. <laughs> but did they ask you the right question? Right. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, the whole thing to me in, in here, you know, it one, they're giving us a half-truth. I, I will admit to that. I mean, it's, it, everything my research shows is half of what he said is right. The last half, I can verify. Um, but it still makes me chuckle inside watching him because he's so excited about sharing this. You know, and, and let me ask you, you ever work at a place where you pull a joke on one guy? Everybody's in on it. You know, what if that's what they've done to this guy? Everybody's given him all this information oh. and let him loose. And we'll never hear what they do about it. You know, they'll eventually tell him, you know, but we won't get to hear that part because this is just a work joke, you know, <laughs> except he took it outside of work and talked about it. <laughs> that's a great point. That would be funny. It could you know? very well be true. That could yeah. very well be I, hey, this guy's I'm, a stooge. Let's go ahead and pull this on him. He's he's, he's so hilarious. gullible. We'll just give him everything. He's but like, doesn't oh, he... everybody came to me? All these people, you know. They that's what I was everything. just gonna say. 
<laughs> he seems like that guy that you work with and you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Let's just feed him some information so he stays away for a while, <laughs> right? Just to like get him yeah. away. He does seem you know, like that kind of guy. Not very credible. No. You know, we used to pull that joke and I just, you know, being guilty of one that was part of that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just thought, what a great opportunity, you know. But the rest of them, I think they're on payroll. Yeah, for sure. I just find mm -hmm. the timing very, very suspicious. I mean, it's all these guys. I don't know. Like, I just if this was maybe back in the 50s, <clears throat> 60s, people would fall for it. Yeah. Excuse me. At this point, no one's falling for anything anymore. There's very few people that are falling for this garbage. There's the people there. You always have that crowd that wants to believe. So I get it. I was in that yeah. crowd at one point. I get it. I understand it. But at some point, you do have to say to yourself, they've lied to you about everything. Over. What makes you think they're going to tell you the truth about this? They're, they're not. And exactly. so let's just enjoy the show. Let's laugh a little bit, have a few chuckles, you know, and, and maybe have some popcorn. And, and then the next day, move on and let's go on to the next PSYOP. I don't know. Like, it's it's so fake to me. Like, I, the first time I saw this, I'm like, is this real? I thought it was like tabloid TV or something. <laughs> I imagine, like, back in the day when the world War of the Worlds was broadcast nationwide, oh, yeah. right? And people were going insane. There were people in the government at that time that were like, bing, yes, all right, jackpot. You know, like, look at this. Look at what has captured these people's imagination. We can use this. And, you know, think about from then to now, how many years they've had. Because, you know, they've been working on things like this for, you know, yeah. 100 years as far as uh, psychological operations. And, I mean, they were doing it during uh, during World War II. I was watching some old Looney Tunes not too long ago. You know, the ones were making fun of Hitler and all of that. And I was just like, wow, you know. They didn't care back in the day. They just put it right out there. Hey, sure. this is what you're supposed to think. And, you know, and granted, you know, okay, uh, you can get on board, but I don't know if that I, that's what I want my government in Hollywood doing, you know, telling me what, I, what I'm supposed to think, no matter if it's right or wrong. <laughs> you know, without sounding offensive, I, I still got to chuckle back at that idea because what was War of the Worlds? I mean, who's the people that fell for that? They were from Jersey. Oh, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> is D. Patriot, are you still out there? She's uh -oh. from Jersey. Yes, yes, she is. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, did you hear? This is just sidebar. It just came to mind, but did you hear about the, the new law in Hawaii? It's no. illegal to laugh loudly. You can't laugh loudly anymore. Wait, are no, you there serious? There are cultures like that. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't laugh loudly. The only thing allowed is aloha. <laughs> aloha. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, boy. Father's Day I'm, joke, anyways. I, I, listen, I'm, yeah, I was going to say dad dad joke on Dad's Day, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll allow it to fly this time. Next, it was, next it, week, it Michael, was told during gonna... church this morning, and I thought, man, this is one of those ones my daughter's going to roll her eyes at, but I thought it was good. I got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> yeah that that will not fly on next week's show we'll let it we'll let it go this week but next week that's that will not happen <laughs> it's only father's day only yeah good only on father's day and by the way happy father's day to all of you out there watching tonight yes the father is the most attacked person in this country at the moment the father is the idiot on every television show he's useless 
uh, should have no authority over his family. We know otherwise. That is the reason society is heading south because there hasn't yep. been a lack of fathers in this country. So God bless you all that are good fathers and love your children, love your wives as Christ loved the church. God bless you all. Okay. Funny stuff, Michael. Back on track. So let's get at this. So this David Grush guy, apparently the House of Reps is going to be calling a hearing and have this guy before them. So this I, this is going to be must-see TV. Yeah, I can't wait for this. The House of Representatives is expected to hold a hearing on whistleblower David Grush's claims that the United States government has several intact and partially intact vehicles of non-human origin obtained through a retrieval program. Now, they concealed this information from the general public. According to Grush, who left the government in April, the government was accumulating this craft, these aircraft, or these unidentified craft, for decades. Republican chair of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, confirmed, quote, there will be oversight, and they, quote, plan on having a hearing looking into the claims. Comer added that he heard about Grush's statements, but said, quote, I don't know anything about it. I like this Comer guy. This is the guy that's bringing, uh, you know, he's throwing all the subpoenas out there, getting all these FBI whistleblowers mm -hmm. to come forward and stuff. The real whistleblowers, not the fake ones, not the psyops. Yeah, so, yeah, we need more comers. What, what do you think they're going to ask him, Joe? I have no idea. <laughs> that's you what know? I was thinking, too. I, mean, I don't know what you would ask this guy, you know, because he can't tell you anything. There's, you know, he's, he's already told you that. He says, I don't, I've never seen anything. I'm only taking hearsay. You know, hearsay is dime a dozen. I can give you plenty of hearsay. I probably mm -hmm. could have been rich if I went down that road, but being a believer, I don't, I don't do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Cause you don't have to prove anything anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, this story that he's coming out with, you know, I've heard more elaborate stories over the years of different people that were on the UFO circuit. And I remember back in my early times, before I even became a believer, um, I was at a UFO meeting where this gentleman came in with one of the leading hypnotic regression therapists at the time. Um, I'm not going to say names, get anybody in trouble. But he came to this local meeting, and I wanted to hear the story. And the guys there with the therapist that regressed him and believes him for what his story is, but his story goes, this was back in 93, 94, back that time. So it wasn't too far out of Vietnam, right? And, uh, you know, 20 years. But this guy was in Nam, and he was telling some fantastic story how they were on a, a secret mission to go rescue the, um, the, the, the daughter or somebody from the north. The, the leader of the north and get her out of there back into the you know the south and they did this special ops mission that went in there and they ended up having an encounter with aliens on the ground in ships when they went in to do this you know this rescue mission to pull this daughter out of there and all of it was hushed up and he was acting as a whistleblower coming out and telling this whole story and then he made his rounds for a time and then he disappeared, you know, never heard any more about him. But the one thing I look back on that really saddened me about that is, you know, obviously it wasn't the truth. And he was, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity, you know, to become somebody or something. I don't know if he needed financial help or, or something. But sitting in the back of the room, um, 
playing with a comic book was this 12 year old son you know he was actually dragging him through all this these meetings and talks with him you know and i thought man i look back at that and that is so sad now to involve your kid while you're doing all this you know but there are so many stories i mean that was one of the most fascinating stories he was he was play by play by play by play recalling the whole thing and i you know that could have been just an amazing hollywood movie you know but he disappeared and never heard any more about it yeah now i mean to bring about, your oh go ahead michael you think about the last couple of three years you know with the the pandemic and everything that happened around that and what i noticed out of that was people people have come to trust credentials. And so if you lead with your credentials, you can develop trust with a lot of people. And, um, you know, I can, I can, I can paint a picture, you know, you you just met me and I can tell you, you know, Joe, uh, I was in the Navy. I served in the Navy in aviation and I held a clearance. And from there vaguely, I can make it seem to be that whatever I'm going to tell you next is credible. When in reality, I worked in aviation maintenance. I planned all the maintenance on the support equipment I had a uh, secret clearance because I needed to to order parts, you know, <laughs> and that was the extent of it. But, yeah. you know, these guys, they say these vague things about their experience and then it lends to some kind of credibility. But, you know, I, any one of us can do that. Any one of us can yeah. concoct a, a reasonably true, vague background that would then gain credibility to tell some kind of story that many people are really ready to believe. They want to believe it. Sure, and those they same want people- to believe. Yes, those are the they same people I think are primed it. for the gospel message if it's delivered in an appropriate way. Exactly. It, it, you it's know, fertile ground. Uh, a couple friends of mine, Christians, um, very versed in scripture, both have, over time, have, have published a couple books of the Bible in uh, kind of an offset language. One of them did it in a, in a surfer's language. He did one of the New Testament books and all in surfer talk so that you could share it with them and not, you know, in something that they could relate to. Gnarly. So, yeah. The whole slang <laughs> and everything. Right. And on. Then the other one, um, he did it with the book of Mark and he worked a lot with the, uh, the rainbow people, the, the leftover hippies generation that lives in the woods in the national forest and travel mm-hmm. around and uh, live off the land well he you know he wrote it in their language you know it's called the fat book the fat news of mark because he did the book of mark and he could hand out to them to get the gospel messages to them but in their language where they wouldn't be offended all right so, <laughs> that's right on i like that and i i think that you know these guys are doing the same thing to us they're giving us enough that we can bite on and and chew on and you know and God forbid if you swallow this stuff, because you're going to be poisoned by it. And that's what we keep seeing over and over, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's the intent for this whole thing. You know, besides going back and looking at what the use of this all has been over decades and decades now, uh, it's been the, the cheapest and best cover up for, you know, our secret works that are going on, black ops out there. If everybody believes what they're seeing is a UFO from it, from some other world, and actually it's just our new technology they're working on, you know, I mean, they're letting us do the cover up for them. They're letting mm-hmm. us 
you know, put the put the facade over it so nobody knows what they're doing. You know, what a better right. how much better deal could they get? You know, I'm I, I got to give you an example of them playing both sides though too. I came across that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was at work and I was uh, doing computer work input, and I had that my phone on and there was a podcast on. It had just come on, so I was listening to it while I was working on the computer. And this friend of mine, Pierre, was on doing his show. And he had John D'Souza on, the FBI agent, the so-called men in black, you know, um, from X-Files guy. That's who it was based after, was him. And he was actually a consultant on a lot of the shows back then in the years that he was in the FBI. And like I said, he's also an experiencer. And he's traveling around talking about exposing all this stuff for what it is. Well, this guy that was having the podcast and interviewing him got him, yeah, there he is, got him to actually say, you know, he asked him the, the question about stopping, can these experiences be stopped? And he got him to actually say, and I'm sitting there and I just about fell out of my chair. And he said, yes, there's, and we all know this, he says, that there's only one way that these abduction experiences can be stopped. And that's in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. And I'm going, God, I can retire now. I just had the <laughs> FBI come out and, and yes. say my whole work, you know, my yes. whole findings. It's right there. It can't be, you know, taken away. It just went on air. That was, li I heard it live. And I thought, oh, my, this is insane. You know, all this time I've waited for this. And here you got an FBI agent saying this. He's never said it anywhere else. Hmm. Only when asked on this show, okay? And this was a Christian guy doing the podcast that was doing the interviewing. Well, I started looking in deep to this guy, D'Souza, and I found videos on YouTube where he's at talks at, at groups he goes to and travels around and talks to groups, UFO groups. And I saw him where somebody had done a lot of short videos of him at a group talk. And it was particularly after the talk where he's mingling with everybody and whoever posted the video is showing him in the video and following him through the group and talking to people. And then he goes back to his wife's vendor table. His wife works with him. And she's making this new age pendant that they sell. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's a snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. So was he actually agreeing that these things can be stopped or was he just going along to pacify and get promotion from the show? Uh, uh, that's what I was going to say. He's an opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to use whatever's so, in his path to make some money and to get some credit. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get him in a position to where I bring that up and talk to him about that. You know, I'd I, love I've to seen... be able to, to, to pin him on that. I've seen a lot of interviews with him. I mean, he's he's a nice guy. You know, he's got he a is. nice personality and stuff like that. He's kind of funny. And, but, yeah, I mean, you have to really dig deeper into some of these people and find out what do they really believe and what are they pushing. There's Everybody's got an agenda. Let's not fake it. We've got I've got a, an agenda. Michael's got an agenda. Joe, you have an agenda. But yeah. is your agenda based on truth and something outside of yourself 
that is going to lead to lead someone to, to lead them to that truth, right? Like we know Jesus Christ. We're, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I sometimes I feel like a salesman, you know, but I'm not that salesman trying to sell you the lemon. I'm a salesman trying to give you, I'm listen, man, you don't want that car. You're going to want this one right here because this one's going to take you down the right road. And we have to, we have to just be really honest about that. I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting we're trying to, we are selling something. It just happens to be yeah. the truth. And it's going to bring you a lot of joy in your life and freedom. And then eventually bring you salvation. So we're actually you know, I, giving something away. Mm -hmm. We you are know? giving it. Yes, we're not even free. selling it. All right. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's absolutely free. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I shouldn't say salesman in that respect, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I'm selling a product, but yeah. yes, it is free and it's it's for anybody that will, you know, grab a hold of it. So um I mean, all right, so package it properly, you know, the, to get it out there and, and get their you attention. Do. You do. And what better way than what you've been doing for for 25 years with with CE4 mm -hmm. because it, let's face it, this is an interesting topic. As soon as mm -hmm. someone sees anything with aliens or UFO, they're going to watch it. It's clickbait. So sure. why not? Well, they're getting their dose of aliens and UFOs, give them the gospel, which actually sets it sets them free from the lie of the alien deception and the UFO deception. And I shouldn't even be saying UFO anymore. It's UAP. So I'm sorry. I, Joe, I wanted well, to ask I... you, why? What, what did they... Why are all of a sudden we calling it what is it unidentified aerial phenomena? Is that what it's called now? I, I want to guess. I want to. I have one guess. I think before, I know too. I, before yeah. Joe responds, because UFO was offensive to somebody. Abs it, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's. It has a bad stigma with it. That's why it's. They're going. <laughs> there you this. go. Yes. Yeah. Um. Originally, the first time I heard this was before it came out, uh, actually publicly. In 2018, I flew back from Korea to visiting family, and I timed it at the same time as uh, um, the MUFON Symposium. At that time, that was in Philadelphia. And that was the same time that the keynote speaker for that weekend uh, for the dinner that they had was actually Louis Elizondo. Mm. And I had to be on Friday in a director's meeting that lasts all day. You know, and all the state directors, international directors were all there. We're going over MUFON business. And I kept hearing the strangest thing. I kept hearing people saying, well, maybe it wasn't a real UFO. And I thought, that makes no sense at all to me when I hear that, you know, in my ears. What do you mean, not a real UFO? That just, I don't even know how to figure that out. You know, it's either a UFO or it isn't. It's IFO. And then the more I listened, the more I started to realize that what they were trying to separate, and, and if you've heard me do my, you guys have heard me do my talk, you know, and as a MUFON rep, I'll put the hat on, uh, as a MUFON rep, we know that 98 plus percent of all reported UFO sightings are misidentifies uh, man-made or uh, natural objects, okay? Just simple misidentifications. So we have to weed all that out to get to the stuff that really gets our attention, that small little percent. Mm -hmm. Well, it was all inclusive for UFO, all of it, the whole 100%. But then they started to realize there was something really different 
about those few couple percent. I mean, really different. And I think that the part that difference now that I look on it is the idea that it doesn't meet investigative parameters. In other words, that's the stuff they're talking about outside our physics. We have no way to investigate it. And to me, I say that's the ones that smack a paranormal, you know? Mm -hmm. So they ended up needing to separate that. And the, the best they had at that meet, that symposium was, you know, maybe this is not a real UFO. And then I started hearing the same thing about abductions. You know, they wanted to separate what they were pretty sure were demonic, you know, experiences from abductions. I mean, they agreed they were demonic. They just thought they were separate, you know, and they wanted to be able to separate that in some way. So they were trying to do that, too. And at the same time, they were saying, well, maybe it's not a real, you know, alien abduction. Well, then, you know, what else she going to be, you know? So they were in that transition period. And then that's when Louie comes out and throws the term UAP and boom, now we're off and running. It's confirmed. But see, this guy Grouse uses a different term. Mm -hmm. He stated an, that. Even, an even third one. Mm -hmm. you know? Did he, what is it? Uh, NIH is that what he's, or NHI? Yeah. Non-human intelligence. Non-human yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that right there, doesn't limit it to you know an extraterrestrial that's what they're saying mm -hmm. you know a non-human intelligence that opens it up to a lot more things than just ET. Right. So, kind of, the, it's, so it, well, it's kind of me, cya <laughs> right it leads that's me to believe they, they they've been studying yeah. this for years they know that these aren't physical beings and physical objects but mm -hmm. so like they put that little they put that little bit of truth out there but those who don't have the full picture don't fully understand you know what these are um they won't catch that you know most people it, wouldn't catch that little that you know little there's bit a of truth there's a physicist out there i love listening to him try to describe what these these crafts are and and you know their appearance and uh it's quite fascinating and i think he's 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 the closest i've heard trying to say what I'm trying to say, explain manifestation. And he's talking about, and he deals in quantum physics. And Jack Sarfardi, is that his name? And no, what he describes, what he's describing is, um, he says that the outer surface is not physical. He says it's not physical as we know it. And he says, it's consciousness. Uh, excuse me. He's real close to doing what I'm trying to trying to describe, because consciousness is what these entities are. They're spiritual beings mm -hmm. from a from a spiritual realm. Okay, and when they manifest, the appearance of what they have is not quite physical. Okay, I mean, he, when I heard him say that, I went ah. You know, he's so close. How do I just bring it on home, you know? And it perfectly, when you first came on, I think the first time you came on with us and we talked about the movement of these things, it perfectly explains why yeah. they move the way that they do. If That's they're, what he says. Right. If they're yeah. moving in and out or they're, they're not physically there, when they're not bound by 
the physics and that's why people are like well look it's high technology it's you know this right i like uh bob lazar had the best i think explanation for the physical technology is these gravity uh these these things that basically cause yeah it causes gravity to pull and whatever you're always falling in whatever direction and you don't feel the effects of the changes but um it doesn't make sense we still have wind we still have air pressure you know all of that stuff would i think still come into play Uh well, not necessarily. You well, would I if, guess if you're you controlling... would if you were dealing with technology. Mm-hmm. But my buddy Ian Juby out of Canada, you know, a, a creation scientist that I, I work with too, and you know, super Mensa student guy too out, out of Canada, and you know, I love talking with him and pulling his you know mind into this. I had him on an interview that uh, when I had a podcast for a short time, and we we talked about this. You know, this how did you make this effect? How can they travel like that? And agreed, we we agreed with the scientists that what we're talking about is these craft are in some kind of a bubble, okay? And that bubble, what you're doing is to create that bubble is you take one aspect of the of the um, what's the the term, the equation. You take one piece of the equation out, okay? And the one that we feel that's been taken out is time. If you take out time, mm-hmm. this is total gives this ability to do what they're doing. And that also explains why people feel in close proximity to these things when they're on the ground, that time is distorted. Time mm-hmm. stands still. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it kind of confirms that Oz factor. That this is what's happening is, remember, these beings are timeless. Mm -hmm. And when they manifest into our realm, they manifest in that envelope to be able to do what they're doing. And time is not there either, because that's that's what they live in, timelessness. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that, giving the appearance of a manifesting of a craft, okay, for our deception, you know, being that there's no time involved, Covering distance is instantaneous, you know. Mm-hmm. Looks like technology, yeah. if that's what the way you're thinking, for sure. Well, yeah, that if you're of that mind, you think it must be some kind of technology. Mm-hmm. And they and they're seeing, man, if we had that ability, there's all sorts of benefits we could gain from that. You know, that's why I'll never forget. You know, the, the <laughs> I brought the question up at a at a conference. Where was it at? They were speaking in. Uh, Roswell, I was in Roswell one of the early years I was there, and the international director at the time, James Carrion, uh, was there, and he was speaking at the UFO Museum, and I went down to uh, listen to his talk, and he had question and answer at the end, and I wanted him to answer the question you know, openly. Um, what is MUFON after? And he was very blunt to the point, or after the technology. That's the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it, it's UFOs for the benefit of investigation of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. That's their mission statement. The benefit of humanity is if they is, could get is, that technology. Is it really for the benefit of humanity or is it for warmongering? Because <laughs> that's what I have a feeling it would it would lead to if it really was technology. You know, uh, real quick, Joseph, I don't like to brag on this show, but uh, I am a super hyper Mensa one of them geniuses too. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there like David Grush did with his 
yeah. hyperbolic. No, I'm just joking. I'm not Mensa. <laughs> you mentioned your Mensa friend. I thought that this David Grush guy was on here. How would he express himself as being Mensa? He would have to say, he'd have to be, there'd have to be some hyperbole. Like I'm super superfluous, uh, you know, whatever Mensa. <laughs> you just listen to that guy. I, Cause I can't get him out of my mind how fake it is and how, like there's almost like this pride ego thing that you can just tangibly feel with this guy. And that's what yeah. makes it so unauthentic. And so, you know, it's not genuine at all. It's not organic. He's, he's um, getting the audience to appeal to authority, the, the right, whatever right. authority he's concocted. But uh, no, a couple uh, things no. in the, uh, ch let me just yeah, just well, real quick guys. Um, first of all, we got a cookie from Michelle and our good friend, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate right. that. And um, let's see, Chop said many biblical descriptions of angels sound like there's no physical way for them to exist here. That, you know, most accounts of angels in the Bible, they appear in human form. Now, how do they do that? Temporarily. No idea. Temporarily, yes. Temporarily. Yep. Well, and so and they do take on a physical form. When you're looking at like the, the, for example, when you look at the, the ones that came to visit Lot, um, Mm -hmm. Those those were obviously sent by the Lord, so yeah, right. are they given this ability to be a physical body for a short period of time versus what it, we see the demonic where they're? I mean, there's possession. I believe that there's possession, but I don't know, yeah. you know, about them actually manifesting in some kind of a physical body. <laughs> they can, yeah, they yeah. can. They have the well. We're talking angels, mm -hmm. okay? The fallen angels have the same ability as God's good angels. Okay, just their intent and purpose is different, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so if, if God's angels can manifest into the physical form and sit down and have dinner with you, you know, are are they hungry? I doubt it, you know. But keep in mind that the, the whole concept of having dinner is that's the custom, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you sit down with somebody and they serve you, you're going to eat. That's that's the custom of the time. You have to go back and think like a, you know an Israel a, a Jew at the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's no big thing. They didn't need to eat. Okay, right. but the the physical form that they're in, I don't believe that it's physical human like you and me. Okay, like I said in the last show, I think the answer lies in really getting depth into Jesus's resurrection from the tomb where he was in a transitionary period his body was in a transition remember when he first come out he said don't you know don't touch me you know uh, that you know he was in the process of mm -hmm. changing and he's changed through that time period you know he still had the ability to just appear somewhere you know there's we can't do that as mm -hmm. a physical form but yet his physical form was solid enough when it needed to be to say, you know, Thomas, put your hands in my side, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I'm trying to decipher here. And I, I take it what he's describing is taking on that spiritual body. Okay. So, you know, they're celestial and then they're spiritual. And then he's taking on that form because that's the only way he could ascend is in that celestial body and that new that new creation you know of the body so i think the key is there you know in, in those verses to try and decipher what manifestation is keep in mind 
you know, the, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day for, you know, for the, for the Israelites going through the desert, you know, mm -hmm. that's a manifestation, I'm sure, you know, those were guides that were given to them. You know, I have no doubt that those are angelic, you know, um, angel of the Lord appeared into the, you know, the bush, the burning bush, mm -hmm. you know, these are non-physical, like we know it, but they were there. Right. Look at Pharaoh's, you know, conversation with the priests of the, uh, Pharaoh's priests and Moses, you know, uh, with the, with the, with the staffs and they threw down the staffs. And they turned into snakes. And then yet Moses threw his down and he ate those two, you know, but they had that ability, you know, because they were tapped into the demonic to be able to, to have that happen. So, yes, they have that ability, the same as God's angels, to manifest into the physical and to manifest in any form it takes. Keep in mind, this is a delusion. I believe mm -hmm. this is the strong part of the strong delusion. And they're, they have the ability to perpetrate this delusion and whatever it takes to get us to believe, or if not believe, just to disbelieve what God says. That's right. the whole purpose of this, is to test us. Mm -hmm. Do we really believe what God said? Or oh, where have we heard that before? Is it really what he said? Mm -hmm. Is that really what he meant? I mean, that's straight out of the garden. Yeah, our, our pastor said something this morning that was really great. He said, the devil is, he'll make you rich or poor. However, he can get you to go with him to hell. He'll, he's going to exactly. do it. And so exactly. it can be, it can look good to you, um, but it it's it's just a means to that destruction, you know, yeah. in the long term. You know, and, well, and, and I'm going to wreck. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to I was going to say I highly recommend and I know you're a big fan of the late great Dr. Michael Heiser. Mm -hmm. uh, if you read the book Demons and the book Angels, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with those two <laughs> books. They are amazing. You, th you think you know something about angels and demons right now. Wait till you understand it from Dr. Michael Heiser's you know, understanding of ancient, uh, the ancient Hebrew text, the ancient Greek text, Aramaic, and how he just brings it together culturally with the day in which it was written. Absolutely phenomenal. I miss Dr. Heiser tremendously. Just an amazing person and, and teacher. Yep. Read those books or download the audio versions. You will not be disappointed, I promise. Also, real quick, Tony said, what about the theory that it's future humans who have learned to time travel, bodies evolved, etc.? I like that theory. That's a, yeah. that's a fun theory to think I, about. I, I, <laughs> I think I subscribed to that at one point. Yep. It, yeah, I did too. It's great sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, There's no science to base it on. It's something that's interesting and something that's, you know, you'd love to talk about, but there's all sorts of issues that brings up. The evidence yeah. is not pointing there anyway. But they stopped the nuclear silos. They were uh, trying to keep us from destroying. No, I, I, uh, I watched a series recently. It's called uh, The Lazarus Project. And it is, it's like a uh groundhog day on steroids what it is is it's a secret government program where they identify people who remember the time loop and those people work to stop the world from ending so they stop all these nuclear wars in the 80s and they stop all these things from happening but what what was really interesting is that they would run into these time loops where you know right at the beginning of the time loop the woman would be pregnant and she'd keep having the baby and then the time would reset 
and it was like mm. the hell of that i could see this just just excruciating sure. psychological hell going through these loops of the same thing over and over again and uh it's just interesting time travel i really i've always loved the time travel ever since back to the future when i watched it as a kid mm. i was just enthralled but uh but yeah i i agree with you joe that there's a lot of there are a lot of problems trying to explain that theory of yeah. uh this being time travelers coming from the future and trying to affect you know i don't know benevolent change on the human you know, race I, I i love sci-fi and i love you know escapism and i love a, a really neat story but i tell you what there's nothing more incredible and more out there and more paranormal in nature than god's word amen <laughs> when you get into god's word i mean really if you allow yourself to do that if you can push the enemy away from you long enough to just open it up and read it or have somebody guide you through it, you will be blown away. You are looking for, for the paranormal in the wrong place mm -hmm. because that book is the most paranormal thing in the universe. When you start looking how it's based on prophecy and prophecy fulfillment, mm -hmm. which everything that so far has been fulfilled 100%, and there's nothing like that on this planet or any other planet. There's right. nothing that powerful. And it's, you know, it, it's something that prophecy that's come to us, you know, over two 2,000 years and 66 authors, you know, it's like, how is that even possible? Right. People, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not a believer, you really need to take a look. It will blow your mind. And you couldn't live long enough to understand everything that's in that book. Right. I'm telling you, because every time you look at it, you see something new. This book is alive. Mm -hmm. This book talks to each of us individually. How can anything be like that? You know, it, it's impossible. Right. This book changes lives. You know, Moby Dick doesn't do that. You know, my, uh, war, you know, those other books don't do that. This one followed by billions of people around the world over centuries and centuries already, you know? So really give it a try, test yourself, test God on what he says. You, you just will be totally changed from reading it. And that's the whole purpose of the enemy with this strong delusion. He doesn't want you to read that book. It's the hardest thing for most Christians to do is open that book and read it. And we are Christians, but that enemy is still working to try and keep us from understanding so true. the true power we have through God's word and through his authority. Mm -hmm. That's the best kept secret in Christianity. It's not taught in most churches, and it's the best kept secret in, you know, throughout history of humanity and on this planet. We have authority over these entities as believers in Jesus Christ. We don't need technology to stop this phenomenon. No. We can stop it dead in its tracks by a relationship with Jesus and calling on him and his support. Mm -hmm. I've got testimonies to prove it. How many do you want to see? <laughs> but that's all this yeah. is. You know, the, the government's trying to fear us into giving them all of our support, you know, to help them protect us. Mm -hmm. That's not any protection that's going to do any good against these forces coming. Those technology that we have is worthless against this, this, this force that's coming. 
and this force is perpetrating our lives right now. Mm-hmm. But that one name stops them dead in their tracks. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's an it individual does. effort. It's 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 an individual thing. You know, each it each is. individual has to make that choice. There's not a oh, if we reach critical mass, we win this thing. No, we know that God wins in the end. But in yeah. the meantime, it's it, it's down to the individual. And, and you know, you have one way or the other you're going to be going. And uh, one way is really good, and the other way is really terrible. And um, that's the thing about this is that this war, you know, there's so many wars we face on this earth that are about getting critical mass and winning. You know, yeah. we're going to win this thing. But this is one of those ones where it's going to be going until the end. And it's going to be person by person until the end. Yep. And so we have a lot of work to do as believers. We really do. You know, Each and people, every one of us. I don't know if I brought this out in the last talk we did, but I, I think if I remember, I recently come across this as confirmation in my thinking and understanding of this is we're all awaiting disclosure. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've said that we as believers have disclosure. We know what this mm-hmm. is. It's God's word mm-hmm. to tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I bring you the evidence to show you to back up what God's word says. The thing is, the rest of the world is not going to get that disclosure that they're looking for. It's going to come, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be here while we're here. And how can I say that? Because I went back into the word, went back into study, look, looking at this, and where it talks about the son of perdition being revealed. You know, and and the reason he's being revealed and when he's revealed, the world realizes that he was the one behind all this, okay? It also says in there that that doesn't happen until the restrainer is removed. Who's the restrainer? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is holding this, holding everything at bay right now. It's limiting the enemy on where he can go and what he can do. Okay? But that restrainer is removed from this earth. All hell on earth will break break loose. There'll be Evil free thoughts rain. continuously. Yep. Yeah. So Just... the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? residing on this planet in believers each believer in believers Mm -hmm. so if the holy spirit gets removed we're not going to be here either joe i'm gonna this might be the first time we (laughs) we might actually disagree on something and i i that was the that's what i've ascribed to on my entire christian walk until about probably about three years ago Mm-hmm. And I started, in, in fact, I asked Dr. Heiser this. I, I, he, I went on his chat room one time and I asked him, you know, who is the restrainer? Because I can't find anything that says the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. And this is, in, 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 even in the uh, Greek, there's no pronoun there. And so I, right. can't, I, I can't definitely say one way or the other. I, but I have, I, I go back to when it says, uh, it'll be like the days, of, the days of Noah. And every imagination was evil and every motive was an intent to harm or hurt people, right? And, and violence sure. was everywhere. And so my theory, and I've actually talked to a few other people that have a very similar thought on this, is that the restrainer is the conscience. 
if you have a, a the Bible says if your conscience has been seared, you obviously you're not going to do good. You're going to do evil. But if your conscience is working and you're a believer and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, you know right from wrong. You understand that and you you can control your thoughts. Paul says to be transformed in your mind, renew your mind daily, all those things. And so what if, and this is, you know, I'm not, this is not gospel folks. This is my opinion. This is not <laughs> just throwing this out there because I've talked to other people about this and, and some people would disagree. I know Joe, you disagree. Mike probably disagrees too, but what if the restrainer is the conscience and he, and, and at some point he gives you over to a debased mind. And then all hell literally breaks loose because there is no restraint on evil anymore because the conscience, you know, if we look at a psychopath, right, or these mass murderers, these people, they, they have no conscience. They believe they're doing whoever's will, their own or, you know, some God that they're following or whatever in the name of this or that. So what if that's the restrainer? What if the restrainer is actually the conscience? Because I got to tell you, I was a pre-trib guy for a long time. My views have changed in the pre-trib um, just due to some scriptures and a lot of study and a lot of great teachings that I've heard through scripture. Now, I, I, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of great scriptures to promote the pre-trib too. So I don't think we can be very dogmatic on this subject. This is one of those things that should never divide brothers and sisters, sure. obviously. Um, but I well, think it's interesting talking points. It is. And the one thing I haven't said is when it happens. Okay, during the trip or pre-trip or whatever. I'm just saying that, you know, even if it was consciousness and that was taken out, I mean, the Holy Spirit in us is the discernment. And if we're not, mm -hmm. if the consciousness is taken out, then, I mean, he's going to allow all of us to fall short, you know, without that ability for protection. You know, I don't, I don't see that. I think you know? that uh, when I was listening to Gino, I was thinking about that. Uh, that scripture about the the uh, that man, the son of perdition, the man being revealed. Mm -hmm. He could very well be in his covenant without being revealed. You know, so we like the timing, like you were saying, Joe, like we don't know the timing. No. Um, but I do think that the like the conscience, the Holy Spirit, uh, the restrainer. Uh, being pulled back, that could that could still occur. You know, that can still occur at that, you know, before the, before he's revealed as who he is, right? Like before the abomination of desolation, boom, right? He now, oh, wow. Look, we didn't know it was this guy. Now we know who it right. is versus before he's this wonderful politician. Everybody loves him. Everybody's bending a knee to him. And then right. all of a sudden he's revealed, you know? And so that's how I, you know, when you were saying your part, Gino, I was looking at that scripture in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't cause us to knit, to 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 tack yeah. down a time as to I when that occurs. Saying. So it could still occur. You know, it could still a mid trib. I, it could still be one of those. But well, I agree with you too, Gino. It shouldn't be a divisive thing. No, no, no absolutely not. I think it's because interesting it's not conversation. An issue of faith. Right, but I you know, Michael, you, the, my... I I feel the Holy Spirit is the one thing that's protecting us as believers. Amen. That's absolutely. A, but without that, you know, we we don't have the support. Right. And I think that with this strong delusion right here, you know, the God said he would send the strong delusion for this purpose to separate, okay, from the ones that choose to be the way they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, the, that's how the separation happens is, you know, is 
if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not going to have the Holy Spirit helping you and backing you up and helping you for discernment and protection and everything else. You know, and that's why I was thinking that once he's done with this strong delusion, once this is over, there's going to be an end to it. But mm -hmm. we're not going to fall for it. It's going to be they chose, okay? We don't have to be here for any part of that. We chose already. We chose Christ, okay? Mm -hmm. We won't need to be here for the for to, when everything cracks loose for those people. So timeline, I don't know. But mm -hmm. I just feel that that's what it was mm -hmm. talking about is that. Because that's the only thing that's keeping us safe is that restrainer. And it's also Absolutely. keeping the enemy at bay. It keeps him where he doesn't have full power yet. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd be seeing a whole lot more horrific things happening to people. And we're mm -hmm. not. We're not seeing these UFO stuff and paranormal causing deaths. You know, if somebody dies of a heart attack, it's because they had a medical condition, mm -hmm. you know. But these entities aren't doing the killing. Their purpose is to deceive us to the point we want to kill ourselves. You know, that they have the ability to do. Mm -hmm. That God is, that's the limit God's given them. You know, the same thing happened in Job. Mm -hmm. You know, he did everything he could to get Job to break his, you know, break his, his faith. He couldn't do it. And that's what we're going through right now. You know, I truly believe that that's what is happening. We're getting everything in anything thrown at us to pull us away and say, nah, you ain't real, God, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and you move on, and then you're doomed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the great deception is obviously, I, I think it definitely includes like some kind of alien type invasion or, you know, whatever, Some because, you know, the Antichrist, the Antichrist always mocks and tries to imitate the real Christ. That that's what yes. his goal is. So he's going to have to come back and be some kind of supernatural type figure. I mean, Daniel gives us a little some clues. I know Michael, you did a study on Daniel on your channel. Um, that was awesome. Uh, but you know, it gives us some clues of what the Antichrist his characteristics will be. And you know, there's some interesting characteristics, and in, I think it's Daniel 11. And so there's there are some clues in the Bible, but I don't think any none of us can be dogmatic on it. And God in no. purposely intended it to be this way because otherwise it's look. Let's face it. There's lots of things God could have included in His Word, but He didn't. Some things are uh, dare I say I don't want to say gray. They're vague for a reason because faith is required of us as believers. That's that's why a lot of things are kind of like this. But it's interesting to talk about. I love these discussions sure. about like the rapture and things like that and, and why we agree or why we disagree. And that, that's healthy for us as believers to do that. You know, unfortunately, over, you know, the, the, the hundreds of years of, of church history that we have, you know, the, in recent history, I should say, you've got all this division and it's over some of the most frivolous, mm -hmm. <laughs> ridiculous things. And you sit there and scratch your head like, my gosh, they actually divided over something like that. Like it, it has nothing to do with the gospel. So it's interesting. Uh, Chops, thank you for the, the carpet phone. carpet needs to be red in the church or I'm leaving. I've literally heard that story, <laughs> that the carpet being the reason some, this church divided. It's just, but the devil, he will use any little bit of anything to divide. You know, I mean, we see this worldwide. We see this in our country, divide and conquer for, through everything. That's why I always go back to when, when, when there are those people that are in our they're kind of in our truther circle, but they may not be believers. And so they're like looking for the people behind the scenes. And I'm like, look, 
the reason it looks organized is because there's a great deceiver behind the scenes that's influencing yeah, the right people. But if you know people, the older, the, at least the older I get, the more I realize how many people really don't know what's going on. And people are just kind of going about their lives. And so for this to be some grand organized human conspiracy that there's no external force uh, pushing, to me, that's very difficult to believe because I know how inefficient yeah. government is, how inefficient people, when you, when you, when you work together, you know, how inefficient that can be. Um, there's only, there's only one way this can play out and it's that there's a deceiver behind the scenes that's pushing people and it makes it on our end look like it's a grand scheme that right. all these people are working together when they may not even know each other, half of them that are, you know, pulling the strings in the world. Anywho. Chops. Div look at Chops sticker. <laughs> uh, Michelle, <laughs> or I'm sorry, not Michelle. Uh, Tony had asked, what are our opinions on the fallen angels being behind all this stuff? And I think we've already kind of touched on that. Um, we all believe that is exactly what's going on. This is, this is the you know the this is the part that gets a little confusing the uh nephilim raphim whatever raphim i can never pronounce that word is it raf raf nephilim and raphim i think it is raphim raphim okay they though the spirits of those beings are the demonic spirits that that dwell on the earth today that's that's what most scholars believe that that's that's what the demons are there are other spirits principalities that were bound in gloomy darkness and chains it, i think that's in second peter uh or no i'm sorry that's in jude uh talking about those spirits then they will be released in the in revelation it talks about that from out of the abyss they they will come out and then some other demonic forces so we believe that those demons are the ones that are portraying themselves as these grays or you know the uh blue um what, what's the blue ones called? I forget the tall um, Nordics, I think. Um, the Nordics. Yeah, Nordics. You've got the reptilians, you know, all these things. It's the same demonic entities. They're just, you know, going to their Halloween closet and putting on the next, <laughs> you know, a costume or something. I don't know, whatever they do. But we know they can transform because we see it in the Bible. They come as angels of light. They come as human beings sometimes. I mean, so it's not a stretch to think that they're coming as, you know, some other thing, like a reptilian or, or something, you know, or something beautiful, like a Nordic to tempt men or tempt women with their beauty. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's the same demonic trickery. Chops, thank you for that phone. Um, okay, there was one other thing I wanted to, oh, yeah, I wanted to play one more video of David Gruntz because I didn't get to finish this. This is from the behavioral panel. I love these guys. I think they do a good job. Um, Chase Hughes was a former Navy Intel guy, or not Navy, uh, Army Intel guy. He actually trains for like PSYOPs and things like that. So he, he caught this guy real quick. I'm going to go long on this. I apologize. I sat for a while this morning trying to figure out uh, just what it is that's making me uneasy about this whole thing. It feels dark to me, and it feels like something is off about this. And it has the feeling of a person involved in something bigger than themselves, as if they were maybe told to make this happen, uh, maybe told to blow the whistle in an orchestrated way. And this has the hallmarks. This has the hallmarks of a disinformation campaign. I'm the guy that trains the U.S. Army Psychological Operations Command on this stuff. Unusual tonality, like we saw here, happens often on stage. Unusual and repetitive phrases happen often on stage. 
immediate delivery of lines without taking time to process questions happens on stage. Lack of anger about things you're supposed to be angry about happens on stage. Immediate mouth closure after delivery of lines happens on stage. Vagueness happens when questions are asked that aren't in the script on stage. This feels stage or somehow artificial, and I'm not saying it is by any means uh, any of that, because maybe he believes most of this. I think it's possible he believes most of this, but something is very off and almost seems dark about this. And the second thing I wonder about is whether this is about the greater good or him, if the first thing isn't true. Greg? I couldn't agree more. I think he hit it right on the head. And that was, uh, in case the chat doesn't know, that was about, we earlier we were playing videos of David Grunch, the supposed whistleblower that came out and talked about all the, oh, the other thing about the UFOs, and he, they asked him, well, how many? And he's like, oh, what do he say, like a lot or something? Like, more than enough or <laughs> something weird, like, not a like 21. Or <laughs> a high, a high, a high number. Yes, it was <laughs> so, a high number of crashes. What a, what a weird, weird Vague. Thing. Very vague. Very vague. Very, very vague. I like when okay. they key on how he says, because he, he's supposed to be a physicist, right, this guy? And then uh, well, he, in how... apparently he's an expert in physics. Phys I don't yeah, know if cause... he's actually a physicist or some kind of, like, statistical guy. They were they were pointing out how he says nuclear instead of nu it, nuclear. How does yeah. he say it? I can't say it that way. Nuclear. They were saying it. They were making fun of him. Nu yeah. Nuclear. Nu he nuclear. said it like George nuclear. W. Bush yeah. said it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you think that somebody that's this well-versed in all this stuff would know how to say nuclear. But, you know, I know that's a small thing. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're coming out to share all this information, you know, get your mm -hmm. supposedly and your supposedly right. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. So NASA recently had a press conference, uh, and it was uh, they. This guy was basically saying there's no evidence of aliens or UFOs, which I kind of agree with him actually. For the, maybe the, the first time ever. ancient alien theorists disagree, Gino. So I'm just telling we're, you, we're right gonna now. we're gonna get to our friends at ancient aliens here. Oh in a yes, second. fantastic, Michael. You're hit. You're hitting all the marks tonight. Thank you for the segues, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And this is unrehearsed, people. This is unrehearsed, unrehearsed. unrehearsed yes. <laughs> Yes, we the behavioral panel can can observe this video tonight and see the truth that has been spouted from all three of us. There will be no deception here tonight. No stage <laughs> I think show. we've all been very honest, very honest with you. <laughs> all right, so this was the uh, some NASA guy. I forgot his name. And so, what have they discovered so far, Bill? Well, just what you said. Uh, the problem is the data. You know, they have about eight hundred uh, sightings of things over the years that that kind of defy easy explanation. But the problem is the data is just not good enough to reach a definitive conclusion as to what the objects might be. Um, they did say, however, uh, that there's no definitive evidence anywhere uh, that aliens or extraterrestrial uh, intelligences are involved in any of this, uh, at least not yet. Uh, and the whole point of this panel is to come up with recommendations to NASA for ways to improve data collection, uh, to get more valid sets of data that sh shed more insight into the nature of these things. And that involves everything from, you know, knowing how your camera works, operator error, the weather, lighting. There's all kind of issues that go into muddying up the data that they want to come up with techniques to, to make better. So I'm glad he came out and actually said that, but you work for MUFON, Joe. 
Does MUFON sure. and NASA collaborate ever on on their uh, investigations and evidence that you guys have accumulated? Not that well. Good possibility. I know Bigelow was involved with MUFON for, for a while there, uh, Bigelow Airspace. But as far as NASA, I'm not sure how much collaboration they have. Well, I tell you, as a MUFON um, director that's been with MUFON for 30 years, um, everything he said is right on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to give you the same line. We have no, we have no definitive evidence. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and I wouldn't be wearing a MUFON shirt, except it's <laughs> right. <laughs> So, <laughs> it would be end of story. It would have already been conclusive. Exactly, exactly. This is this is why I say you know this is fitting everything to it to what a delusion is. You know, you're not going to get an answer to this. Christians have an answer, but the rest mm. of the world is not going to get an answer. Not until it's too late. Do you think they'll go as far as a fake? holographic gray alien on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't think they can pull it off. <laughs> I don't think will so either. I really will don't. Will he have the will he have the headphones on? Yeah. <laughs> um you know you Flat brought two. up you brought up Bluebeam earlier and you know in the show. And you know, I used to follow the Bluebeam stuff when it first came out back in the mid nineties. And back then I think they could have pulled it off. But I think Bluebeam's outdated. You know, you'd have to come up with a whole much better technology. And if you got that technology, then I'd say you're the ones flying the crafts. Because hmm. it's yeah. kind of hard to, it, it's going to be really hard to try and put a, a fake anything out there right now. Yeah, you we might be able to do people. it in, yeah, you got too many third people world that country, have the ability maybe. to, yeah. you know, to yeah. pull it apart. Like the guy you with his phone looking at that stuff on the fence. You know, there's mm -hmm. too many people out there that know how to work technology enough to try and uncover something for being a hoax. Right. Sorry, you guys, know, the it, dogs it, are barking at the aliens outside. I can't. I can't even hear them. Uh, oh, Project Bluebeam. Yeah, that microphone's amazing, man. I got to get one of those. Awesome. Um, you know, Project Project Bluebeam is a perfect example of. Yeah, it's kind of an older technology now, and you know, they also had that. What is it? Voice to skull, and they got all these things they they could yeah. use, but. You're right. And I, on our population in the in the first world countries where technology is readily available to everybody in their own in their hands every day on their phone. Um, it's I don't think it would be it would work for some people, of course, that there's always going to be a, a small section of people that will fall for things. But, you know, in a third world country, I could see it happening. You know, they I think isn't there that video of the Virgin Mary supposedly appearing? Was it above? Mm -hmm. Was it in Jerusalem? Was that in? I think it was the, above the. Mm -hmm. Above I can't a remember. I think, yes, it, it, maybe it wasn't Jerusalem. Maybe it was like Iran or something like that. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, and then that's, people that's were freaking not, out. Yeah, you know, they can pull that off to, to try and, you know, make this even more confusing for us, you know, and, <laughs> but it's not going to, it's not going to be enough to convince us, you know, as Americans, modern Americans, and that's who they're going to have to convince. Because the, this whole thing is the whole push for this is the military and the government are trying to get our support. You know, they want us to trust them for our protection, you know, which we should be able to trust them for our protection. But the problem is 
this is all going to come down to asking for more money you know always mm -hmm. always always and you know that's where this is headed yeah i've i've my years in the federal government as a civilian employee and then in the military i've noticed one common denominator and the government our bureaucracies are operated like businesses they want mm -hmm. more and more profit every year and they they're every single one of the agencies at this point is in the um justify why we need to why why you need us type business and um i agree you know the, the overall thing is you need a government give us more money we need to keep growing and uh, we'll protect you from the aliens don't worry about it but uh, we also need you to have a digital ID and a cryptocurrency that, you know, we can track every, we, we need all of these things because if we don't have all of these things, we won't be able to protect you from the aliens. So, yeah, yeah I get that buy-in. The same thing happened after 9-11, you know, the same, the same thing. Um, every time there's a, a mass shooting, you know, they, they're always yep. coming out with that same line. So this is no different when it comes to that. Exactly. Michelle said, uh, what about the open airspace over the White House? Is it a black hole? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I understand, Michelle, the whole concept of that. I know, you know, Joe, let's talk about that for a second. There's that famous photo, right, of supposed uh, UFOs over the White House. Um, or no, it was over the, uh, was it over the White House or the U.S. Capitol? I can't remember. I think the Capitol. The Capitol building. Yeah. That was, I don't know, what year was that? That was the 50s, 52. maybe? 52. Okay. What, what, have you ever dug into that? See if it's real, legit, if that was, yeah, uh, rhetorical. That's a good question. I have mm -hmm. dug into it. My dad was part of it. What? Yeah. Hmm. Really? Please my explain. Dad op my dad operated was was operating a radar gun battery at Four Corners, Maryland, right outside the Capitol. And in '52, really? he was in the he was in the Korean War. Um, and then when he came back from Korea. He was stationed at Fort Ritchie, Maryland, I think is where it is, right outside of D.C. And he was he was stationed on a, a like I said, a, a live gun battery outside of D.C. This was major Cold War time. And hmm. they were stationed all around the Capitol area, you know. And when this started happening, because I didn't he didn't talk about this till I got into UFO studies and stuff. And he told me all about it. And he was. And he says, you know, every time I see shows on this, they're only talking to the officers. He says, I don't ever see him talking to the soldiers that were part of this like I was, mm -hmm. you know. So I had him go on record and tell me as much as he could remember. And uh, I have it on my YouTube channel. He's hmm. reclined back in the recliner, and I filmed him before he passed uh, as much oh, as I wow. could get out of it. But, you know, he talked about it. He said he, they were tracking this stuff. Absolutely. It was showing up on mm -hmm. radar. Um, they were getting visual sightings at the same time. It was over a few days. And he knew this was something huge. So back then, everything was recorded on ticker tape. You know what ticker tape is? Mm -hmm. Okay. The little strip that come out yep. and it punch holes in it. And it just keeps running off. Well, he knew this was huge and it's going to be huge. So he confiscated a bunch of the tape. And after the event the uh, higher-ups come in and they were trying to eliminate everything that it could possibly be. You know, the, either the radars weren't working properly or whatever. So they came in and they 
dismantled his gun battery radar unit. And when they did that, they realized there was some tapes missing. And, you know, they gave him an amnesty time to, uh, you know, we're not going to do anything if you'll just turn this stuff back in. And, you know, he knew that he needed this career for him. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't even high school educated. And he knew that uh, if he was going to continue as, as a career soldier, he better follow orders. So he ended up giving it back. But, you know, I got him to talk about the whole time back then, you know, and I recorded it. So, wow. yeah, he was there. It happened. It was real. Cool. You have to check that out. Go to uh, Joe's YouTube channel, CE4 Research on YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a great channel. I've not, how did I not see that video? I've watched most of them. Yeah, it's buried in there. And, you know, he's also talking about... <laughs> uh, if you've got my book, or even if you don't, I hate to give it away, but I may as well, you know. Um, Go ahead, plug plug it. Yeah, I opened the I opened the book up with a story, and it's a it's a atypical story of a UFO somebody having a lonely road syndrome, UFO story, UFO sighting, you know, because that's what we're used to hearing, you know. So I decided to take a real event. And just give the people, uh, you know, a synopsis of what is, you know, heard about with people having UFO sightings. And it was about this guy called Sergeant J in 1964. The story I chose was 1964 uh, story where a guy, he had a, a new car, Rambler, 64 Rambler Ambassador cross country. And he was having trouble with it. They kept blowing oil through the cylinders and out the exhaust. And, you know, he had ordered it from the States and it arrived in France. And he, you know, he bought it through the, the military program, purchase program. And it just was just constantly was losing oil, you know. So he got it set up to go to a base nearby um, to have they, where they had a motor pool that he could take it in and get it looked at. And they ended up, you know, eventually pulling the motor and come to find out this, the rings had never seated and it was just getting blow by when it ran, you know, it was a nice V8 327. And, uh, on his way that day, that early morning, and this is a story I put in the book. Um, he's traveling along on a two lane, you know, French back road through the countryside. It's beautiful. France is beautiful. And coming up behind him, was this high, just extremely bright lights coming up behind him. And he, he was pissed that the guy wouldn't dim his lights. He pumped the brakes, hoping the guy would, would dim them, and it never did. <laughs> and he was getting pretty angry because he had his son in the car with him, sleeping in the back seat to go with him that day and drop the car off. And uh, he felt that whoever was doing this, coming up with these bright lights, you know, were just was putting him in danger and his son in danger too. So he got angry. Well, just as the thing was ready to, you know, he's motioning to come around him. And just as at the time it was, should have come around him lights out. And he just full panic. The car actually stopped. The engine quit. All power went out and he coasted off to the side of the road and he got out of the car and he was ready to just, you know, pummel some guy from for doing this to him. He thought the the car was still behind him, and 
when he got out of the car, there was nothing, nothing down the road, no sound, no nothing. And you'll have to read the rest of the story, but I didn't include everything because um, the story gets a little in depth and I videoed him giving the rest of the story and it's also on my YouTube channel. And this is where piercing the cosmic veil came from. This is where the picture on the cover comes from. Mm. This is from his story. And when you read, you know, when you, you watch that little video where he talks about it, you'll see where the picture comes from and understand what I'm talking about. But the interesting thing about that story, which, you know, I, I haven't let out, is uh, remember I said that this guy had his son in the back seat with him. Well, that was me. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. That's You've lived a crazy life, Joe. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I inherited a crazy life. <laughs> okay. I, I think is what it is. You know, my, my dad also, before, well, before he went to, that was after Washington, D.C., after Washington, D.C., you know, he also spent time in uh, uh, the Marshall Islands. He w they sent him out there for the nuclear Ooh. blast in the Pacific. Oh, man. Yeah. He spent, Wait, yeah, he did spent you say, did you say out there. Did you say nuclear? Yeah, nu <laughs> okay, good. Nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he watched atomic blasts one after the other from 12 miles away. Oh, he man. was on a, a little island called Iniwetok Atoll. And he was signal corps for the for the army, and his job was there to uh, their purpose was to see how soon they could get a signal out after a you know an atomic blast. And uh, there was one time they he talked about where they went missing for like three days. You know, Hawaii was had no contact with them at all, and they thought they'd lost the island and everybody on it. You know, but that's that EMP you know that they talk about knocking a signal out. They just couldn't get the signal out, you know. Yeah. yeah I, so he actually he, he witnessed I, it firsthand. Yeah, yeah. He he said it it'll change you, you know. He used to tell us a story that twelve miles, whenever there was a blast, they'd have it over loudspeakers where they could hear everything that was going on time wise, and they bring them all out to the beach. You know, the young soldiers, and they they dig a foxhole in the in the sand with their hands. Mm -hmm. And, and they'd get in and they, they gave them a, a, a plate, uh, you know, a shield, a dark plate to put over their face of dark glass. And they would they would sit in the foxhole in crouch position with the shield over their face for the blast, with their back to the blast. And the reason their back was to the blast, because they were there 12 miles from, from the blast. And the concussion, he said, would roll across the water and just roll them forward right out of those foxholes, you know, right out of those those little holes they were sitting in. Mm -hmm. And then they'd have to get up real quick, and they could use the plate and look at the blast. But then they'd have to get right back down into crouch again because the concussion comes back again and fills that void. And it would just blow them right out of the hole again. Man. And then, you know, I got to thinking oh. about this. I'm going, well, how much radiation did you get in all this time? Yeah. He's quite a bit. And I, I said, you know, and I talked about it, you know, his life while he was there, 18 months. What do you do on an island that's, you know, just a couple miles long, you know, for entertainment? He says, oh, they used to fly in all sorts of barbecue food and everything. And, 
you know, they taught us how to scuba dive and gave us all the gear, you know, and he had some beautiful shells from the South Pacific, you know, from scuba diving around there. So I said, uh, how was the fishing? He said, man, we caught everything you could think of and we cook it on the grills. So I'm thinking to myself, so you're getting fallout from the sky and you're scuba diving, catching fish. And then cooking irradiated fish, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, you know, this was not definitely a, a not a good combination. But mm -hmm. later, he, I remember later here in Florida, I was uh, mid-20s, and I remember him telling me that he had been contacted at the mall. They, him and my mom were at the mall, and this guy had, had run him down and found out, you know, where he was at the time, and... They, they, he talked to him at the mall here locally and the guy said he was from the federal government and they were doing uh they were wanting to to give uh trying to get compensation for the people that were there and they just wanted to verify that, that you know it was he was who he said he was and he was there and they asked him if he remembered his rad rating and he said yeah it was 2.0 and you know the guy confirmed that yeah that's what they had too and he was one of the highest that they had it from that island you know yeah. and in 19 he he retired in 71 he actually uh stayed for one more year uh he could he would have retired 20 years in 1970 but uh he stayed one more year because we were in new jersey at fort monmouth and he was an instructor and I wanted to graduate in the same school that I've been going to for the past couple of years. So he extended for me and I graduated in 71 and then he retired and then we all moved to Florida. But at that same time when he retired, um, all of the medical stuff was starting to catch up with him. And the doctors told him, he, you know, that he, he's lucky if he's got five years left and he needs to get his life in order, um, you know, with family and everything. So that's what he was expecting. And he didn't pass till just this last year. So he kept ahead of science, you know, for all these years. But I'm sure they learned a lot from him. Yeah, I know more I recently. Say, the VA. You know, I could, I, I oh, could tell you some interesting stories. You know, he had the ability to remote view also. Whoa. And uh, I, I tested him on it, and it just blew me away. He wasn't kidding. You know, and... and he never told me where he learned it from. You know, he, he just said he had to have the ability. He didn't know what it was called, he said. But I don't know. He, he There were a lot of things in his life that uh, associated with the military. I don't think we would, you know, we, we ever going to know about. You know, there were things he said he couldn't talk about. But, you know, I had no doubt that somewhere along the line, he'd been introduced to some of that stuff. Do you think he was ever subjected to, like, MK Ultra or any of that other I think there's a good stuff. possibility he was in he was either close to it or you know uh, maybe offered an op opportunity to be part of it. But I'm not sure. Wow, that's crazy. Now, now, yeah. now, when you think about my research, you know, is are we talking open doors? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, it's a good possibility that's you know kind of how maybe I ended up in the way I did. You know, not as mm -hmm. a believer, but getting involved in all the stuff that I, I did. I mm -hmm. don't know. I don't blame him for that. I blame the enemy for that. You know, he was he was a devout believer all the way to the end. You know, he, he was a devout believer all along. 
but he just didn't know that some things were wrong, I guess. You know, a lot of us don't. We don't. Probably. How many no. Christians don't no. know that this UFO stuff is wrong? Right. Yeah, it's exactly. something not to be part of. Yep. You know, you find out too late. You can yeah, that's the problem with the amount of preachers who are even touching this stuff behind exactly. the pulpit. I know Billy yeah. Crone is just one uh, yep. that I can think of, and yep. I don't that's know many others. That's the only one I can yeah. think of. Yeah, I like Billy you know, Crone. He's got some good stuff. The the sad thing is, it's not just that they don't talk about things like this. Is you know how many how many times have we been in church and heard about you know defense from the enemy's wiles? is uh putting on the whole armor of god you know how many times have we heard that sermon but they usually stop right at the end you know it's verse 17 mm -hmm. and you know that's that puzzles me because that's not the that's not the that's not what brings it home you know verse 17 take up the helmet of salvation take you know put on the helmet of salvation take up the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and we know that should be the end of it. We use the word of God to rightly divide the truth, mm -hmm. you know, from lies. That's what that's what's going to win the battle with the enemy. But all of us don't know the truth. We don't read God's word. Mm -hmm. And then I kept trying to look at this in the early part of my work. Where is it that people, where is it in scripture where people are calling out and telling, you know, rebuking the enemy or, or calling out and Jesus stops it for them, you know, and I was blinded to that too. And then there it was only two verses later, you know, it's right there in verse 19. That's the offensive move that puts the enemy in its place. Mm. You're not going offensive at verse 17 on the armor of God. You're left standing there in defense mm. and you can only fight defensively for so long. You're, you're never going to win, but you can, you can keep the enemy at bay, but you're going to tire. You know, we're, we're human. We're weak. We're going to tire against this enemy. So there mm -hmm. had to be a proactive move somewhere. I mean, a, you know, a, a final victory move somewhere. And that's verse 19. And that's uh, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. That's your offensive move. Mm -hmm. You know, keep in mind the context we're talking about. Who are you, who are you going to, you know, who are you going to be talking to? That utterance may be given unto you from who? From the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That I may open my mouth boldly. That means you're going to say something and you're going to be bold about saying it. Mm -hmm. Well, in context, who are you saying it to? You're saying it to the enemy. Mm -hmm. And you're reminding them that they have no power over you because you're a child of God who you are an ambassador in chains of him, you know, and that they have to no authority over you because right. of that. That's your offensive move. But do you hear that taught in churches? I do not. Very rarely. I do not. I can Very tell you rarely. this. It's, it's the problem is in the traditional or reformed church, you're definitely not going to hear that stuff. In fact, they call it charismatic. They call it, you know, all these things that they shouldn't call it. If you have been in a spirit filled church, and I don't care what the denomination is. If it's spirit-led and spirit-filled, you're going to see deliverance. You're going to see healings. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I've been in. I'm in one right now. And almost every week we see something. And I can yeah. tell you this: the deliverance thing goes right along with what Joe's teaching. Okay. In the name of Jesus, you cast these things out. It's it's an, you know if you want to call it from the Catholic side, exorcism, whatever you want to call it. 
Jesus cast out demons over and over and over again all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the, uh, the Gospels. And so it's real. And I can tell you, I've actually had self-deliverance. I've, I've cast out things. I, anxiety was a big one for me. I didn't even know I had it. Didn't know what it was. Had it for years. And until I cast that thing out, I realized I had authority over it. And I knew it was a demonic thing. And I could see it through my family lineage. There was a, there was a generational curse over my family. That thing's never tried. It's tried to come back. But I, I can recognize it now and I can cast it out. Now, that might sound crazy to some people listening to this. And I get it. It's fine. But I'm telling you, if you're a believer and you're wrestling with things like this, it's most likely going to be some kind of demonic influence from the outside. And you have the yes. authority to tell to get lost. If you're having abduction yes. experiences like Joe specializes in. Joe, how many, how many, um, I think last time we talked, is it over, how many interviews have you done with abductees? Is it over 700? Over six, over 600 cases going on up. 600. Okay. 600 cases plus of so-called abductions and joe and everyone what worked using the name and authority of jesus christ there's two ways it works either you rebuke these entities and they flee or you call in the name and authority of jesus christ for help and he's there that's right and it's flawless Amen. it works i'm telling it works every time no because other, they have no other name they they are subject to him. They are subject yep. to his power, his authority. And he has given us as believers that authority. We actually can carry some of that authority and exercise through our belief in him and understanding who he is, not us. It has nothing to do with mm -hmm. us. We're just vessels and they're exercising that. And we have authority over it. And it's a shame that churches don't teach that, Joe. But, but the problem is they're too traditional. They're too reformed. They're too yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they don't, they 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 think that all the stuff that Jesus was doing, casting out demons, mir you know, miracles, performing miracles, healings, <clears throat> excuse me, all these things, they think that, that that passed with the apostles. Well, the apostles died off and then it just left. Why would Jesus take his authority when the apostles left the earth and died? Why would he take that from his church, his bride, and and the ones he loves, his children? Wouldn't he give you something? That's why Jesus left. Jesus said, I have to go so I can send the paraclete, the, the Holy Spirit to be with exactly. you exactly jesus couldn't be in multiple places when he was a man as as you know outside of his human body obviously he does, he has that you know the power to do that now but in his human form for 33 years the bible said he became meek which means restrained he restrained his power he restrained that was you know his his godly uh nature so that he could walk like us and live like us but he but he showed everybody that faith and authority were in him as he walked the earth and the church just says nope that left he he took that with him <laughs> it doesn't it's, it makes it, no sense it's the materialism that's come into the church a lot of the churches are very into the material right you go in you get a motivational speech on how to live your life yeah. and then walk out and you know if you feel better about yourself then there was a successful church experience but yeah. i personally you know, I strive to find a church where I'm pierced, where my heart's pierced when I'm when there's preaching going on, where I where I'm going to, you know, go back and have to look at the word and look at it and really study it and, and understand it. Because um, those are moments when I, I know as Christians, we're growing when, when we when we uh, realize we are going against what God's word says, uh, those are the, the best opportunities for us to grow. And 
Um, unfortunately, you know, it goes back to what Joe was saying earlier. So many Christians don't read their Bible for themselves. And so they listen to whatever the guy behind the pulpit who they trust is saying. And um, a lot of times, I mean, just this morning we had our Sunday school class. I was watching it online for church. And it was the the one they put on YouTube was the uh, 60 and better, they call it. They call it the 60 and better class. And at the beginning of the class, they write questions to pastor. And the pastor comes in and he answers the questions. And to see some people in there who I would assume have been in the church for many years, but didn't understand uh, unknown versus other tongues, it was interesting, you know, because I'm like, well, I, I, I read that. I understand it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's something I've studied myself. Um, but it points to that, you know, I think some people think they need the pastor to tell them versus that living word that, you know, applies to your life. You, 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 all three of us can read that same scripture and it might hit us differently based on where we mm-hmm. are in our lives. And so I that's think that why, it is important. That's the supernatural part about God's word. Yes. You know, it fits us for the time and for where we are in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, cause you come back 10 years later and read it again and it'll fit you completely different. You know, right. it won't be saying something different. It'll just fit you different mm-hmm. because your yep. life is different. You're, you're, what you're dealing with is different. Right. Yeah. Hey, I never it's living thought and about active it. and sharper than a two-edged sword. Chino, I never thought about it, but um, can I show you something cool? Yeah. You're, look, you're looking Absolutely. at my picture, this picture behind me, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. I want to show you the rest of it. If I can get out of the way. You see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of. This picture. Right, let me get my. Yeah. I didn't this, have my. Gla- let me get my glasses on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like dove-like, you know, uh-huh. um, appearance. This, this this picture. Let me give you the, the history behind it. Um, in 2008, I had the opportunity to host the uh, Roswell UFO Festival for the city of Roswell, and. Uh, I ended up being a director for it, you know, with the help of their funding and, you know, my crew that was working with me, we were able to put on a fantastic, you know, three-day conference with some of the best speakers in the UFO realm. Plus, if you're, if you're the director of the conference, it also gets you a speaking spot, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> that helps. It's who you know. <laughs> yeah, it's who you know. And I, I was the guy to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a great talk. And... I needed a poster that was going to be really impacting for, for us to have. And um, my friend uh, in, in this realm also, uh, he has a, he's a testimony also. And his, he goes by ARC. He's from Destiny Lab. Do you know those guys? Oh, Destiny Lab. I've heard of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do the, uh, the, the hip-hop, the Christian hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. I knew I've heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ARC, he's also an artist, and he did this this whole thing you know cool and the whole concept here is that's a representative of the holy spirit that's right behind my head you know keeping the, you know that's our the protection training yes it's very cool enemy over here you know that's so cool i, I just like wanted that. you to see the whole thing it's, yeah. it's an awesome picture man that's you know? yeah that's really good i'm always yeah. envious of people that can draw and paint and all that stuff like jack our good friend jack here he's an artist here and he's got some really cool this, stuff the alien here, this is, uh, this comes from a sculpture he did. And uh, he ended up taking photos of the sculpture and putting it all together, hmm. you know, to make the picture. But the, oh, the alien itself was a sculpture he did. 
he does some fantastic work. He also does uh, steampunk uh, pistols and rifles and stuff oh, like cool. that. Oh, yeah, they are really cool. Very cool. You know? Did he um, do the cover uh, of Piercing the Veil? Was he the one that drew the... No, no, no. The, that no, was uh, Bobby Marcy. Okay. Bobby Marcy is an American artist out in the Midwest. Uh, he's in Oklahoma, and his work is just absolute. I mean, he's he's one of the true American artists that's alive right now. Um, and his stuff is just mind-blowing stuff. Uh, he met me in Roswell. He came to Roswell in, I think, 06, 07, somewhere around there. And he met me, and he was just so blown away by my work and kept in touch with me. And I called on him, you know, to see if he, you know, I didn't think he would because he does some great commissioned work, you know, awesome stuff. He's got work in the Capitol building out there in Oklahoma City that, that's in the Capitol building there. I mean, that's how good his stuff is. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him off the whim, you know, would he be interested? And he said, oh, absolutely, I'd be honored to. So that work is his. And that's an oil painting, believe it or not. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, afterwards, after we got the book published and everything, and there's a, I gave him an opportunity to, to talk in the book. So you, you'll see in the back there, there's a piece from him, you know, talking about how he met me and how, you know, how the work came about. And I worked with him on the concept. I'd have my wife stand there with an orange in her hand and I would take camera angles and shots <laughs> and trying to get the, mm -hmm. you know, the concept across to him, you know, and it's just a beautiful piece of work, that's you know, a, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really good. So you know, he, there's uh, a neat story about that though. He, he also has, he, he runs a, uh, a framing shop, uh, out there in, I think Tulsa where he lives and, uh, a framing store. And in the back, he has a studio where he teaches art, you know, but to students. And he had a, a piece of work that he was framing for a priest that had come in there to pick it up. And, you know, the guy I got to talking to him about it, you know, they talked about, yeah, I teach art in the back. So he takes him in the back and guess what the priest sees sitting on an easel that he's working on. <laughs> oh, man. The picture from the book. So he says, you know, What's the story on this? <laughs> well, what's interesting, and I told you where I got the story, where I got the concept from, it's from my dad's story, okay? That is actually on the video part of my YouTube, his description of what he saw at, during that incident on that lonely road. Um, well, when he was putting this together, the idea of that, that opening, okay? The priest says, it's interesting that you're using that. He says, you know what that's called? And Bobby didn't because it's a term that comes from, you know, middle medieval art, you know, where, where the great artists did captions of, you know, the, the saints coming through the mm -hmm. clouds or, you know, that, that opening that they come through has a name. So this whole concept that I was thinking about, this is that piercing the veil where they mm -hmm. come through a veil it's been in medieval art all along. Hmm. That's how they depict Jesus coming through an opening, you know, and they gave that a name. There's a name for that, that opening. And I don't remember what it is right now, but uh, Bobby shared that story with me. And uh, he shared the, he shared my work with that priest too. And he was quite fascinated, you know, about it all. 
So there's some there's some really neat stuff that's coming out of all of this. You know, the irony is that yeah, priests probably would be more fascinated than the modern day evangelical church, which yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. <laughs> uh, real quick, yeah, I've been uh, on some I've been on some Catholic shows that they're out there pushing my work too. You know, Good. and you know, and I I flat out will tell them that you know the only way this stops is through the name and authority of Jesus Christ. You know. And they don't push me after that because they don't, you know, I know they could easily ask me, well, uh, none from calling on Mary or the saints right. or anything. Right. I mean, they leave it alone and mm -hmm. they'll, they'll pretty much tell, you know, tell their people, this is exactly what he's finding. It's through the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Only. That's good. That's a good thing. Yes. Uh, Curious Patriot said, could you possibly ask Joe if he has ever heard of the Operation Green Star? I am pretty positive I was involved in it. I have not. Uh, he was he was really hoping you had because he said uh, he said if he knows of it, it would blow me away. Not met one other person who is aware of this thing. Yeah, I'd like to know what it is, uh, Patriot. Go ahead and drop that in the chat what it is, and maybe uh, that'll ring yeah, a bell. You, you might have to have him on. Yeah, he's good dude, man. He's got a channel on Rumble. He's got some good stuff over there. Uh, okay, so I wanted to get to this video here of our good friends at Ancient Aliens. I know, Joe, you're, you respect Ancient Aliens quite a bit. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. They, they know not what they do. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is if the question is there, the answer is yes. That's all. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, Michael. It's, I love it. <laughs> the narrator. <laughs> Could it be true? Ancient alien theorists say yes. <laughs> Always. It could be. I mean, everything could be true. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I used oh, to man. love that show. <laughs> I know. I, I used to, man, I, every Friday night, I was glued to the TV to watch it, too. And it's just, it's funny, like, to think back. Like, I didn't believe it all, necessarily. I just thought it was good entertainment, you know. But yeah, yeah. But it does get old after a while. It's like, come on. It's the same <laughs> Thing. They're going around the same circle every time. Giorgio Tsoukalos yeah. and his giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Joe, next time you come on, I want you to wear a George, how do you, whatever his last name is, George, <laughs> I want you to go buy one of those wigs and you can wear that next time on the show. <laughs> that would be something. I am working on something, though. Um, hopefully I'll be able to market it. I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I was on a show where we joked around and we were wearing tinfoil hats. And then I, I got to thinking, you know, I got a, I got my daughter-in-law. She, she, she makes, you know, caps, the, the ones the young people wear, you know, the skull caps. Yep. Yep. And knitted skull caps, all different kinds. She really does some awesome work. And I got to thinking, I wonder if she could make one out of uh, foil material. You know, <laughs> how cool would that be? You know, tight fitting, especially I don't have any hair. You know. Yeah. No, I, just, I just wanted to fit my head. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you'd sell maybe, a million maybe. of those things. Yeah, I yeah. probably would. Probably, <laughs> sure. probably need to probably need to cut this out before somebody takes your idea. <laughs> right. Do you need protection against five G? I've got the solution for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle said it's like Oak Island. Yeah, same narrator. I the guy's voice is yeah. fantastic. I mean, he's fantastic. I love that guy's voice, but it is the same inflection, same cadence he uses. Could it be? That they find the treasure this week—it's <laughs> like next this, week, I, you, for next sure. Week. You, you know, it's interesting. You just said that about the narrator. Look who they chose to interview on that uh, 
that interview you showed before, interviewing Krauss. They showed a guy with a British accent. That's Those true. guys, That's true. They, they make it believable every time. You, know, <laughs> you want to make something believable? Yeah. You get sure. a guy with a British accent. Well, yes. the, although the guy in Ancient Aliens, I don't think he has a British accent. He's an American, no. but he's got a very yeah. cool, like, I don't know, he's got a really good tone to his voice, and he's got the inflections and all that stuff. But you're right. If you add English, a British accent to anything, and it sounds, it's like a Mensa student telling you. you they yeah. can tell you that, you know, just whatever, and I'd believe it, and I'd probably buy it. <laughs> yeah, anything, I wish anything, I had you know, that anything? accent. Anything we hear from Nick Pope, you got to believe it. Yeah, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So anyway, Ancient Aliens, they had this episode of, I, you guys probably didn't know this, but Moses was actually abducted. He didn't have an encounter with God. It was an abduction uh, story. Ah. The Sinai Peninsula, Egypt. In the Judeo-Christian Bible, as found in the book of Exodus, Moses receives the Ten Commandments from God after disappearing on Mount Sinai for a period of 40 days and 40 nights. When the prophet returns to his people, his appearance has drastically changed. It's very interesting. He had been around this God for so long. His face was glowing, and he had to literally cover himself because people were afraid of him because he had changed, his countenance had changed so much. Basically, his people recognize him, but also see that he has physically changed. And so this is very interesting because if you were to take it from a biblical perspective, you would think that an encounter with God is something nice, something phenomenal, but not that it has physical effects. In the case of the Moses encounter, what you have is something very physical, something very specific, suggestive that what happened to him is a very physical encounter with a deity, an extraterrestrial being, rather than what we would generally classify as divine. If we look at it from the context of today's alien abduction stories, you know, was God coming down from the sky actually a UFO descending? Was he taken aboard, abducted onto a UFO, and held for 40 days, and then returned? I think, you know, if we look at it in that context, we've got what sounds like a classic abduction. Oh, boy. Okay, I don't know. I'm sorry. When the, the one guy's talking about how it wouldn't be an unpleasant experience if God came down, there's lots of accounts of God coming to human beings and, and it's not very pleasant for them <laughs> plenty of them yep. so i don't know where he gets that from and the whole thing that this is an abduction come on i mean how far do you have to stretch a story to get to an ab alien abduction man <laughs> like it's just <laughs> such nonsense but the whole purpose is we can't trust god's word exactly that's what it's about oh man abduction it's just but it's funny it all. it's just you know they can portray it with these you know they got the, the music playing and the haunting sounds and you know the, the special effects and and it just spices it up you know and i can see someone sitting there on a friday night watching it and going you know and they're not a believer obviously they're maybe they're in the middle they don't know what to believe and they hear this ancient alien theory and they're just like oh my gosh that makes so much sense <laughs> I can see how, yes, right? You know, like, and then maybe, you know, they, they had some weird experience in the past and, 
you know, a bell goes off inside. Yes, this is my destiny. Like I could see that. And I'm sure Joe, you've probably encountered that. Over 30 years worth of it. You know, every, every other couple of years, there's a new generation that turn into this stuff, tune into this stuff. And it's brand new for them. Like it's never been around before, but I'm seeing the same old stuff hashed up over and over and over and over and over. They don't realize that they're not, they don't have anything new. They just never read what happened before, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just insane. You know, it's like this work never stops, you know? It's always a new group to deal with. It's nothing new. Mm -hmm. Oops, sorry, I was muted. I was just thinking about the beginning of Prometheus, you know, and how many people believe that's that's yeah. that's the narrative yeah. you know just thinking you know this is what happened they they this panspermia they came and mm-hmm. they launched well, the dna and got it all started well, well you know what's interesting yeah. and ironic is isn't the production company prometheus for ancient aliens i think that's the production <laughs> co- i'm not joking i think that's actually the production company <laughs> wouldn't so, doubt it yeah, i'm sure they're under the same umbrella yeah, somehow probably so. probably <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, the whole biblical story, they, they talk about Ezekiel too, Joe. They talk about um, Daniel encountering. Like, I don't know. It's, sure. I, I get it. Do whatever you want to do. You're not a believer. So I have to have some grace on these people because they just, they, they haven't been turned yet, right? Their hearts have not turned. They haven't repented. They haven't given their life to him so they can see the truth. They're blinded. I, I've often said if, you know, you have to, as us as believers, sometimes it's hard to have, patience with some of these people but what i've learned yeah i know we can all understand that what i've learned is like you know what wait a minute the bible says they're blind and if i was born blind and i said what you know if i was trying to describe red if somebody was trying to describe red to me i have no idea what red is no i don't know if it's a color a tree i don't know i don't even know what color is so Mm -hmm. that's what these people are they're that blind they are literally in darkness, they have no idea what they're talking about. So they come up with these theories to make themselves feel good. And the Bible, Romans, I think it's Romans uh, 1, it talks about suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. So you push it down, push it down, because you want to live the way you want to live and not be accountable. Exactly. That's what it really boils down to all the time. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's all about they want their spirituality without accountability. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like they that. They want a free-for-all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you, my time I spent in the New Age, you know, these people thought they were so, you know, spiritual. They'll tell you I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, you know. And their their spiritual experiences are, you know. Familiar. Familiar spirits. What, that and what drug of choice do you prefer, mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, it's rampant, you know, because they think that that's how you, well, the whole purpose of you know, the LSD was to get in tune to God, you know, get in tune with your inner self, the whole thing, you know, and God, that was such a lie. You know? Well, now I'm reading they're doing those uh, slow drip experiments with the DMP, DMT on an IV drip so these people can have these extended. And this is grant funded research. It's yeah. amazing to me. Um, and who do they who do they see on their trips? Right. The same grays that we see, you know, reported from people going through abductions. How does that even work? Mm. You know, not me. I'm going to stay away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it changes people. 
Curious Patriots sent over some information about Green Star. Let's see if you recognize any of this, Joe or Mike. Oop, wrong one. Sorry, <laughs> that's our that's our outro. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I gave it away. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, let's see here. Okay, so it says there are four. T- Michael, can you read that? I don't have Mike. <laughs> You can probably see it better than I Yeah, can. there are four types of brain waves, alpha, nice. beta, delta, and theta. The four basic models of monarch slaves have the same names as these four types of brain waves. High-level Illuminati models may have programming. High-level Illuminati models may have programming that includes all of these types. According to one ex-government source, the CIA has been labeling their harmonic-created total mind-controlled slaves by following Bravo 2 series by the following. Sorry. Bravo 2 series models are men programmed to run the best computer, the beast computers. Delta series are models for espionage and assassination. Juliet series are sexual mind-controlled slaves. Kilo 5 series is military espionage. Michael 1 series, this is me. Slaves are CIA agents under total mind control. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, Operation nope. Green Star was the mind control project to create UFO abduction scenarios. Much of the high-level programming in the 1980s and 1990s is no longer done with human programmers, but is done being programmed uh, via program machines using drugs, electricity, and harmonics. Interesting. Uh, real, real quick there, uh, Gino. Uh, if you want to go up to the address bar, go up to the address bar real quick. Yeah. Do, do, do me, do me a solid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, type uh, www. Dot. Um. Oh crap! How do you spell Illuminati backwards? <laughs> uh, let's look uh, here. Let's yeah, ooh, I don't know. It was right there. I know, no, I, but I can't. Let's see. Uh, so I T A N. Great. I T A N I M. I T A N. Can you see Yeah, I U U U L L I. I U L L I. Okay, let's see. Illuminati.com. Ah, I spelled it wrong. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry. Well, it goes to the NSA website when you. Oh, it does. Just, <laughs> it does. Really? That's yeah, funny. It does. It does. <laughs> That's funny. It goes forward too. Does it forward? Really? Yeah, I didn't know if the forward one. Okay. It'll do. Yeah. It'll do it forward too. Oh, interesting. Illuminati.com or yeah, backwards. Illumin- yeah, Illuminati.com. <laughs> you know, I have heard of this this whole thing. Oh, you have. In. Yeah years ago they they talked about this also uh in relation to triggering people that have prefrontal epilepsy it's the same type of thing they know there's a vocation in the brain that can be triggered and it simulates somebody that's having you know a a prefrontal or prefrontal epilepsy syndrome or you know event and they always have the uh, they talk about experiencing a presence in the room with them during the, you know, when it's happening, but they know how to trigger that. And I, this is what they're talking about here, but is this what's behind, you know, people? I mean, you, like it said right there, you had to put their head in a helmet and everything else. That's, that's maybe some things they were um, using to, to simulate that. But believe me with millions of people having this experience, this is not a psyop that is working on that many people mm-hmm. trying to convince them or something. They do know that it, all that's doing right there is convincing you that this is in the head. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. This experience is in the head and that's confirming my work. It's not, you're not being taken to a ship. This whole scenario can be, you know, simulated and put into the brain. If it can be done by guys like, you know, that are in psyops, don't think it can't be done by these entities that uh -huh. have way more power than them. Mm -hmm. And then the thing is, if you read in there, it said that putting them under regressive hypnosis just enforces it, you know, which is exactly what we see when, you know, you see cases where people, they've already had the experience. They're, they don't know what's actually happened to them. They want to reinforce it and not think that they're crazy. They want somebody to confirm, yes, that's what that was. So mm -hmm. you can say, oh, at least I'm not crazy. So the only place you go to is not your real doctor, but you go to a, you know, a hypnotherapist that works in the UFO realm. Because they'll definitely do a regression on you. And again, confirmation bias. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so you, you set you set yourself up, like I said, you know, in the other shows, um, you pretty much convinced yourself that you're an experiencer. You know, mm -hmm. doesn't need that. You don't need a hypnotherapist to help you do that. And you're already convinced. That's why you went to him. You just want yeah him to say yo yeah yeah and if he can't get much information out he'll just say oh they put a mind block on you and i can only get a little bit uh no <laughs> there's the cop about out that that's yeah, <laughs> a cop out there's no mind block that's all the information they wanted to give you because mm -hmm. that's all it took to get you to think that you were really what had the experience right right yeah you know and in, isn't that where the third eye would be located right i mean in that same frontal lobe um, area that's considered by yeah, most yeah. yeah. So they're trying to open up that spiritual doorway and get access. Yeah. Yep. Implant memories. Uh, that's what uh, Curious Patriot was saying. So that's an interesting thing. I've never heard of that before. Um, but I could see that being, I, I'd be interested in knowing Curious Patriot, how you were involved in that. I mean, as a child, I'm guessing. Um, maybe your mom and dad were military or something. I don't know. But uh, interesting stuff. So, Joe, I'm going to let's uh, go. I want I kind of want to circle back to the beginning and then we'll end, end the show with this. So mm -hmm. George Knapp, we never got to play the George Knapp video of the Las Vegas alien thing. So and George Knapp, I mean, he's pretty famous. Obviously, we talked earlier. If you haven't if you weren't here in the chat earlier, George Knapp was the, the guy that interviewed Bob Lazar back in the 80s about, you know, Bob Lazar seeing these saucers uh, in, in reverse engineering and all that stuff at Area 51. Very famous. I'm sure anybody that follows the UFO and alien stuff under, knows who Bob Lazar is. So, and you know, Bob Lazar, I, you know, everybody's got their thoughts on Bob, but you know, I've got mine. I'll keep it personal, but you know, the whole thing is George Knapp is the guy that kind of exposed that. And George Knapp, it's, I find it ironic that again, in, in this Las Vegas area where we've seen all this activity before, they have this alien land in this guy's backyard and they're eight foot tall and all this stuff again. So if you weren't here earlier, you'll, you can watch the replay and we'll go back. But I, I meant to play this video earlier and I didn't. So I thought we'll just wrap the show with this. It was the streak seen across the sky now seen around the world. This as our eight news now investigators confirm Metro actually set up cameras at this home where a family called 911 claiming to see aliens in their backyard. And tonight a fierce debate is underway about the legitimacy 
of an alleged UFO crash. Good evening, I'm Denise Valdez. And I'm Brian Loftus. Our 8 News Now investigators reporting about terrified members of a local family who told police they had aliens in their backyard. Chief Investigator George Knapp here to piece it all together. You know, as with all things UFO, the public debate is ferocious and ongoing. Was it all a hoax? Were we duped? Was it all an evil plot, a cover-up, all of the above? We took another look at the hubbub to separate wheat from chaff. The fireball captured on a police body cam on the night of April 30th was real. The American Meteor Society says witnesses reported seeing it all across the West, from northeastern Utah to Southern California. Another Las Vegas resident sent us a video of the same object recorded on her home camera. Investigation by Next Star Station, KLAS. As the story of the Las Vegas incident spread across newscasts and social media, one of NASA's planetary defense officers weighed in to say it was likely a small meteor that fell to Earth hundreds of miles away from Las Vegas. Police videos obtained by 8 News Now indicate Metro officers were among the witnesses. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's why I'm kind of curious. The appearance of the meteor seemingly triggered the events that followed. A frightened family called 911 and told police they had 10-foot-tall alien beings in their backyard. Officers responded to the home minutes later, interviewed the witnesses, canvassed the area, and cautiously inspected the backyard to look for intruders. One thing noticed by the officers was a circle in the soil. In conversations with us and in a podcast interview, Angel, the main witness, suggested the circle might have been created when an unknown object landed in the yard. Social media sleuths have since pointed out that the circular image has been viewable via Google Earth for more than a year. The family told us by phone they had seen suspicious vehicles with men in black types checking out their home. Turns out there is substance to that. A retired police officer fessed up on News Nation that he spent days staking out the house to see what, if anything, unfolded. What about those reports that Metro installed a special surveillance camera atop the house, presumably to watch for intruders, human or otherwise, or overzealous media? Turns out that's true as well. Metro confirmed as much in a statement to 8 News Now's David Charns. The system stayed on the roof for days. What about the ring camera video with the weird noise? The main witness, Angel, intimated to us the video was recorded by one of his neighbors and the audio was from the April 30th UFO crash. It wasn't. The security camera video was recorded in mid-April, according to the man who first posted the clip. He doesn't want his name used, but says the recording was from a fireball that passed over his home in a southwestern part of the valley two weeks prior to the alleged alien encounter. The family declined to be interviewed by us, but members have spoken elsewhere and stick to their claims of seeing aliens in the backyard. Dozens of people on social media have analyzed and dissected the images with various claims of aliens spotted in the shadows. Police do not believe this was a hoax call, which could be a crime if done intentionally. In the fervid swamp known as UFO world, our coverage of the story was itself seen as a dastardly plot to distract attention away from a prominent whistleblower named David Grush, who stepped forward around the same time. Grush unveiled his explosive on-camera account on News Nation, which is owned by the parent company of KLAS. In spite of the local news story, Grush's story was reported by news media all over the world. Curses foiled again. All right. So, I mean, what, so what do you make of this whistleblower, David Grush? 
He first reached out to me about a year ago. We've been in contact ever since. He's the real deal. I mean, he had a distinguished career in the Air Force. Then he went to work for a three-letter agency you probably haven't heard of, the NGA, which okay. basically tracks everything in space, in the air, in the ocean, under the ocean, on land. They, they keep tracks of everything. He has the highest security clearances in our government, and in that capacity, he interacted with something like 2,000 SAP, Special Access Programs, and he learned along the way that we've got we're reverse engineering crash flying saucers, and he's been telling that to Congress under oath behind closed doors. And I think they'll probably bring him back. So it's a pretty intriguing story. A lot like what we've been hearing yes. about out in the Nevada desert for a long right. time. Right. Of all the stories you've done over decades and decades, this one has really gone worldwide. The backyard it? alien? Yes. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how much e email we get, you know. Uh, uh, we're not done with it. We'll see where it goes. I was going to say, this yeah. is not the last of that yeah. story. No, no, no. All right, George, thanks for that. Now I thought George did a good job there. Yeah, kind of laying, is, laying it out. Yeah, I've always liked that guy. I always felt he was separating credible. the separating the wheat from I, the chaff. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice call there, George. Well, so have you ever have you ever got to meet George, Joe? No, no. He's no, never been at been any of the Roswell's. Place. Never been at the Roswell conference or anything. Um, he's been there, but not during the time that the times of I was there. Or, if I if he was, I didn't see him because there's so much going on during the festivals at the time. Right. Does he? Did he? Did let me ask this: Has he ever come down on one side or the other, or is he just playing the reporter role? No, he's reporter role. Okay, that's cool. I like that because once once he stops doing that, that's a risk, you know. Once you put yourself mm -hmm. on one side or the other, but you know, I've been on three sides. And I've looked at this, like I said, from three different perspectives. And I didn't get the answers that, to make it understandable until I became a Christian and used the Bible as my litmus paper for testing this. And along with the testimonies that support, you know, the, the Word of God, you know, I, I've got to take a side. This is my side. You know, and, and I've yet to have anybody that can show that this is not what it is or show me that it's not the only name that works. You know, it's just not there, you know, so. What are the odds that Ancient Aliens does a show on using the name of Jesus to cast out? <laughs> uh, aliens. It would be the, end, be the end of their show. <laughs> it would be the end. <laughs> you you know? could, Joe, you're like their arch nemesis. Like, yeah. they, when you come walking yeah. in the room, they got to be like, oh, crap, he's going to blow the floor cover. We'll start, we'll start yeah. a new show, compete with them. We'll call it Eternal Aliens. <laughs> I'll have to do what I did in, in 2010 in the in Roswell when I was there. The last time I spoke in two, 2010. No, it was later than that. The 2010 conference, the one I'm talking about. Um, when we were there, I uh, had wanted posters, you know, that my son had done, and uh, maybe it was 2009. But I, he had helped me do some wanted posters, you know, on on the computer, and you know, his old Western style, and I made them, you know rough looking tan colored like they were weathered and i had them out there for people to look at i'll never forget you know because it said wanted you know and it had me on there with my arms crossed like this you know and a picture of me you know for telling the truth about this phenomenon <laughs> and it was pretty cool the way it was worded and i'll never forget i had them sitting there on the table and i had walked away from the table and not far from the table just a little bit talking to somebody and i looked back and 
Richard Dolan's there leaning over the table reading it, you know. <laughs> and, you know Priceless. And he, he looked, yeah, he looked over at me and he says, Joe, we don't hate you. <laughs> we just don't like what you bring, you know. <laughs> yeah. What about like in private conversations with some of these guys, you know, Nick Pope, Dolan, you know, any of these guys? Like, I mean, do they ever acknowledge your work and say, you know, Joe, we disagree, but we we appreciate your your work. I mean, have they ever at least complimented you in that way? Yes, and I I get I can't let me think. Here's who here's so I can say have said that. I've had the opportunity to talk to five of the seven directors of of Mufon in my time, and I've been able to share my work with them, and they were all understanding that you know. I've done the work properly and, and I could be very, you know, could be that I'm, you know, this is what it is, but it's not something that MUFON can stand by because it's not in their mission statement over there. You know, it, it's not what they're about. Um, and trying to take one separate stand, you know, is, is something they can't do. Closest I ever came was Jan Harzan. I had two hours sit down with him for breakfast at um, a symposium that I was at and it was just me and him. And I laid the whole thing out. He's, I said, how long do I got? And he says, well, long do you want to sit here and eat breakfast? So I spent about 45 minutes giving him the whole gist of what I do. And he says, he says, very good. He says, you know, I'm impressed. He says, I think the work's done right. You've done it right. You gathered the information, right? You know, he said, it's just not something that, you know, we can put out there. And this was at the same time that, uh, that he was getting all that flack from uh that was 2018 and we had gary bates had released that uh alien intrusion um unmasking a deception movie documentary that we had put together and i was part of it with him i had a good part in it and i used my work had some of the testimonies in there it's a great great documentary very mm -hmm. well done really good and I actually used a uh, a MUFON commercial for MUFON because I was representing MUFON in there, you know, as a MUFON director. They wanted credibility for who I was, and they knew the world knew what MUFON was. So we decided to get permission from Jan Harzan at the time, and he said, "Yeah, you got permission to use the video." So once that thing aired and went public in 730 some you know theaters across the country on the same night a lot of people had no idea what that movie was about so all they saw was alien intrusion you know unmasking a deception they thought okay it's about to cover up so, so these people non-christians go to see this movie and they end up getting the word of god mm -hmm. you know the definite word of god and the testimonies along with it so they were like furious especially seeing Jan in there on that commercial that we aired. And, uh, he, and the, you know, I, I, when I talked to him about that that morning at breakfast, he says, you have no idea what I had to deal with when that video came out. <laughs> you know, he says they were calling me and they're going, is this the stance that MUFON's taking now? You know, and he told them, he says, hey, the guy's done the work properly. He says, he's got a valid opportunity. He's got a valid moment to say this you know there's nothing i can do you know he's as legit as any other theory that's out there right now you know 
And the thing is, that same that same conference, Jam had passed that video around. And the head of investigations at the time um, was this gal, and her and her husband had borrowed it and watched it. And she came to me, and this is ahead of their, this is ahead of their, um, you know, investigations. And she came to me while we were there at the symposium and said, "That was one awesome video," you know. And I thought, "Wow, that's two that I got that from." And then she says, "You know, one of your testimonies is right out there, you know, at our vendor booth." And I'm going, "Excuse me." And she says, uh, yeah, he said, you should, you know, if you don't know his story, you should go talk to him. And I walk out there, you know, and it, I'm looking for the booth that MUFON's selling all their stuff. And I'm looking and I'm going, no, she must be wrong or it's somebody else. Because I know the guy that was standing there selling the shirts and stuff. And I, I said, you know, so-and-so sent me out here and said that you're a testimony to my research. And he goes, I am. And he goes, I even published it in my own book. And he said, I had to change it a little bit so people wouldn't get upset, you know. But yes, I'm a testimony to what you put out. That's wow. Three. That's, That's three. three. That's not bad. And he was he was the director of publications for the journal, mm -hmm. you know. So have they, some of them been accepted? Yes. There's one I wish I could tell you. It, yeah, I think it's the most fascinating story of all. But there's a guy in a position that's not MUFON. It's in one of these higher positions where I confronted, you know, off the, off the record pretty much. And, you know, I, I said, you know, I got a question, but first I want to state what I have, you know, and run this by you. And I told him what I had found and what I, I believe this is based on my, my research. And that person's looking me straight in the eye and you're correct and walked off. Oh, and I, he actually said you're correct like he agreed 100 yeah. percent. wow yeah hmm. and walked off and i cannot you know i i can't come out and say that because i got nothing to back it mm -hmm. up but i can tell you it's it's one of the you know top in the leading handful of the ones we've been listening to over the past few years wow that's incredible it's it's like that was my moment of disclosure you know, coming from a source like that. Could it have been just another lie? Possibly. But I got a gut feeling that it wasn't, you know, because that person also confessed to be a true believer. So I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I, like I said, I felt like I got my confirmation that day. You know, the and thing the rest, that's watching it, watching it come together. The thing that's irritating is someone like, you know, an organization like MUFON. How long has MUFON been around? 30 years? 1969. Oh, longer than, okay. Wow. 54 yeah. years? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. You would, an organization like that, who's got some good notoriety, obviously. I mean, people know who they are. As soon as you say it, most people would recognize them. I, as a scientific method, gosh, how do you say this? I don't know. I, I know they're secular. I get they're secular. Okay. But if science is pointing to a truth over and over and over again, it's, re it's repeatability, right? In, in an experiment. Mm -hmm. And you see something that works. You have someone in your own organization that is showing that there's repeatability. 
and it and it's proven time and time again but yet they avoid that and go the other route it does make you scratch your head and you have to think and this is the conspiratorial part there's an agenda is that agenda satanic intentionally or is it unintentional prob in my guesstimate it would be probably unintentional but at the same time it is about money and so what's what's going to make more money telling people that hey just cast these things out in the name of jesus or is it going to be producing all these television shows about aliens and ancient aliens and all these other things keeping that that jargon going that whole propaganda wing going forever where it can keep generating income over and over and over again i mean it christianity is not popular (laughs) unless you're in christian circles okay like so i mean i in from the business side of it i understand it i get it if i was in the world and you know i wasn't a believer i'd be like of course i'm not going to go down that route i don't care what the truth is i can make more money over here i mean that has to be the reason it's always i mean come on let's face it and i'll I'll tell you it probably is because they need funding you know it's a 501c3 is they they rely on funding and membership and everything else Mm -hmm. and the thing is to do real science research you've got to get access to labs and that labs is going to cost you mega money so they're trying to find a way to come up with enough funds to be able to at least get some of this stuff tested that they come across to be able to do real lab testing okay because it ain't free we haven't got anybody that's come forward to said that we'll just volunteer our lab for it <clears throat> and i didn't understand you know having this guy here you know at the conferences if mufon doesn't know and won't admit that or they can't admit that we know what this is then why should this be at mm-hmm. our conferences mm-hmm. okay and the answer that I got is because we are trying to keep the door open to people that are willing to finance. Okay. So these UFO conferences, they play it up like it's all about extraterrestrials because that's what people are interested in. Okay. If you get the believers to come in there and believers, when I say believers, UFO believers, alien believers, these are people that. When I try to talk to them about evidence, they will flat it out, shut you down and tell you to your face, I don't need evidence. I know what I saw. You know, those are the people that will fund this work. Okay. And that's what they're catering to is that, you know, they're, they're catering everything to that group to keep them on, on hook so that they'll be the ones to push forward, you know, to fund it, move on and to fund the work that it's doing. You know, that's why the scientists don't want to be part of this, because they'd have to share what's going on with all the craziness. I mean, why every time I go to a, you know, a UFO conference or even a MUFON symposium, you still got soothsayers and people selling crystals and everything else there, because Mm -hmm. whatever it takes to get the money in. Okay, I'm not a money maker. I'm a money breaker. Okay. because they don't want to come in. They don't want somebody coming in there and saying the only way to stop this is through this Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, we don't believe in Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but that's what the facts show. Mm-hmm. You will have those people exit stage left in a heartbeat, and they'll take their money with them. 
Oh, you're muted. I said it's too bad. That's what makes the world go round, though. Michael, any last any last words, Mike? Before we, if the if racism, we woke up tomorrow and racism was not it didn't exist in any form. Would the NAACP shut its doors? <laughs> great. I'm not saying no. I'm not, and I'm not pointing out just NAACP. I'm talking about any organization mm-hmm. that that's their wheelhouse, and that's. I was just looking at that. The 501c3 is, is similar to the bureaucracy, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Some of these 501c3s, and I'm not saying MUFON has achieved that goal, but I'm saying some of these 501c3s have achieved the intended goal that they were the, the inception. You know, they they achieved the goal, but yet they're still there, and so there's still something that they have to either push or a narrative or something to kind of keep those funders going. As yeah. is any nonprofit, you know, whether it's accomplishing a mission or not, um, they tend to do that too. So run like a business like anything else i would assume you know i don't want to i don't want to leave this without with a bad you know uh a bad look on on mufon i i, I represent mm-hmm. mufon and right, I, I have right. for 30 years mm-hmm. and i want people to understand that i don't think there's a better organization out there for training people up to do proper research and investigations yeah. to do it the right way they teach you how to properly think to properly understand the scientific method and to properly go about using it to find answers to, you know, whatever you're looking at out there. I think it's a great opportunity for somebody young that wants to look at a phenomena like this and look at it the right way. It's Mm -hmm. excellent training. There's excellent support. It's not all that expensive to be part of it. It's all voluntary. Okay. And I think as a believer, if you're, if you're listening to me right now, I think if you're interested in this subject matter at all and, and you're a believer, I think it's the best place to be for us to to actually be part of the uncovering of what we're looking at. Yes. You know, I, to me, I'm going to ride the wave of their work because their work is going to open the doors to support what I've already found. In the end, that's what's going to be uncovered. I do mm-hmm. believe that. And I may as well be there while, when it's happening. You know, I don't go against and, and Bible thump anybody in MUFON. I don't do that. You know, I just tell them, hey, this is what I found. You know, if you don't like it, that's okay. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if, a, you know, I'm still a MUFON investigator and they know I'm good at what I do when I do them because I've worked with the, the leading investigators, the head of investigations for years now, international and national, you know, give me a case. I am going to pick it apart, you know, until I get to the, the bottom of what's going on there and i've done some good cases over the years so they can rely on me to do it the right way what i do with ce4 when i take that ce4 hat off and put the mufon hat on i move on you know if there's something paranormal here that's going on that can't be looked at scientifically i'll switch hats and i won't represent mufon when i do it mm-hmm. you know i'm strictly talking to ce4 because mm-hmm. i can look at that scripturally i can look at that from a paranormal view, you know, and look at it, does it fit? So, you know, just to keep in mind, it's a great opportunity to learn to do real science work, you know? Makes a lot of sense. Uh, You know, Joe, I forgot, we wanted to touch on the nefarious trailer. Yes. Let's do it. Michael, can you give us 10 more? I know you got to go for work, man. I'm so, I'm trying to- No, no, no. Okay, you good? Juneteenth is a federal holiday. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I am off uh, tomorrow. Excellent. Okay, good. We got yes. a few minutes then. All right, here we go. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. But he's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. What happened to Edward? We own him. He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer, not him. And give me something to make me believe you. Prove to me you're a demon. Probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. Makes me do bad. I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me! I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me! It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. Exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. I'm watching that one tomorrow. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch it too. So, pre show, we were all talking about that movie Nefarious. I have not seen it. Michael hasn't seen it. But Joe said it's definitely worth the watch. And he wants to kind of tie it all together with what we've been talking about tonight. So, Joe, the floor is yours. Oh, and before you start, Michelle, thank you so much for the cookie. <laughs> I'm going to have my stomach's going to hurt tonight. We've had quite a few snacks <laughs> here, so, but thank you. Okay, go ahead, Joe. You know, this, the, I, I got to try and not give away the whole thing what this movie's about, but this is an in your face movie that's going to get you to question. Exactly what we're even talking about. Are demons real? Can this can this psychologist can he convince him that demons are real? That's what this movie's about. And if that's if these demons are real, then what does that mean? Mm -hmm. This is what this movie's going. I think this is one of the best dialogue movies I've ever seen. I think the guy that plays the part of the prisoner, I think he he definitely deserves an award. But because of the content of the film, once you see the end of it, I don't think he's even going to be in the running. I don't know. We'll see how Hollywood handles that. Um, 
Uh, it's such a powerful movie. It makes such a powerful statement. Have you ever read the screw tape letters? Uh, I've seen the play. C.S. Lewis. Part, yeah, part of the play. C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about, you know, and it talks about how they work with humans. You know, it, it's a lower demon talking to his uncle, higher demon. He's writing letters back and forth. It was done in the late 30s, early 40s. And uh, that book, if you haven't read C.S. Lewis's The Screw Tape Letters, you need to read it. it it's like, I don't know where C.S. Lewis got the information for this to write that, but it's like you, it, it was way too much information just to be made up. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it's ex- when you read it, it even fits today, even though it was written 50, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, it still fits today because everything we experience, it, 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 you know, it, the demons talking about it, how they affect man, how they twist us and, in crazy ways to think what we we think we're thinking of thoughts, but the thoughts are actually coming from them. This movie is is actually I I connect it like a modern day screw tape letters. Okay, it is kind of like what it is. It gives you an opportunity to understand how the demons work and how the dark side works. And uh, it, it's not a super you know blood and gore and sex and all that type of movie at all. Um, it's got a little bit of bad language, but that's it. But it's way more impacting, you know, even without all of that. But the end is 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 something fantastic. You guys have got to see that. It, I'll be it's, seeing it it's tomorrow powerful. for sure. <laughs> and the thing is, once you see it, and if you're a Christian and you're listening to me, once you see this movie, please share it with every lost person you know. And then get them to talk about it because they're going to have to. This is one of those movies that once you get to a certain point in the movie, you can't unforget the rest of it. You've seen it. You can't erase it from your mind. It's going to be there. You're going to be, it's going to make you think if you're not a believer. And I think that was the intent this movie was made for. Yeah, I remember enough. seeing the ad. Yeah, I remember seeing the ads for it and stuff. And I didn't know it was a it, it was a Christian made film. I just thought it was Hollywood or I, something like I, that. I yeah. don't think I'm not sure it's a Christian made film. Oh. I, I'm not sure it's one that's made for Christians. Let me put it that way. Okay. Um, it's just that the the message comes out that uh, kind of opens you up to the to the Christian message. Oh, you know, Michelle Ann had a good point. She says, "Can we do a watch party?" We should do that on the blender maybe next week, Michael. We haven't done a watch party in a while. Joe, you want to join us for a watch party? Yeah, (laughs) that sounds great. (laughs) Get your popcorn ready. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if we can do it next Sunday, but we'll figure out a time. Yeah, good, good idea, Michelle. Thanks. Yeah, I want to see that now. I, I remember seeing the ads, and like I told you before the show, like I'm so done with Hollywood and actors and actresses. Can we call them actresses anymore? I don't even know. Yeah. It's yeah, just, but you, you know, if, yeah, then I, I want to watch it. You know, I'm interested for sure. And if it, like you said, if the end's kind of that kicker that I think it is, um, you know, what, what the message is, then it's definitely worth the watch. And yeah, it could be used as a, as a tool for ministry too. So yeah, very good. Yeah. And so th- again, if, if people are joining us late, the reason we're talking about this and aliens is because 
we all of us here on this panel believe aliens are demonic they're demons it's not what mm -hmm. you've been told okay uh and some of you might disagree i know we got a lot of new people here in the chat tonight that i haven't seen before so they might not be of the same persuasion as we are but joe has been researching this for a long time with his own organization and also with mufon and has done the research has done the legwork and if you are very interested in what Joe has done, you can go to his YouTube channel, CE4 uh, Research on YouTube. Research. And then uh, what's uh, what's the website, Joe? CE4? www.ce4research.com. Okay. And then you're also on Facebook. You can follow him on Facebook. You can find him all over the place. I've got all the links in the description here on Foxhole and on Rumble in the description box. So you can find them there. You can email them. If, you, if you've had an abduction uh in your life or you've had a encounter with a ufo joe would love to hear from you i'm sure you could drop and drop him yeah. an email and uh maybe he can talk to you about it discuss well i don't i'm not going to speak for him i know he would love to discuss things with you so yeah and <laughs> um, and if you if you feel compelled to to share this work and get involved in this work um the book is put together as a tool that you can use to share this. I got my whole story in there, how I came to this. I got question and answers that are just pertinent for anybody that's going to read the information. And then the last part of the book, I've got over 60 testimonies in the, in the last part as the evidence. So the book itself is going to give you enough to take everything you've heard about from me on this show and the past shows I've done here and take it out and do it yourself. And, you know, people, People contact me all the time. How can I help? Best way you can help is share the information. I've already done the work. Just take the work and run with it. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to live off this book. I give more books away than than I sell. It wasn't the purpose, you know, to, to try and get rich off the book. I've been blessed with some really good jobs. You know, the the, the Lord's met my. He, he's answered my dreams. My my you know my wish for my dreams, and I'm covered there. I can even support my ministry. Would I like support? I could sure use it. I'd love it. But I would just as soon take the money, buy more books that I can give away, you know, to people. Because the whole concept is, is to get the information out. We're in a fight against, a, a, you know, a powerful enemy. And he wants everything to stop this message. But you can be part of this battle. You can take this message. Buy the book, take the book, share it, Okay. You want a bunch of books to get involved and, and get them out there? Get a hold of me. We'll work a deal. I'll set them down and we'll get them at cost and I'll get them to you. You know, I can do that too. That's the kind of help you can do. You want to take this message and move with it? I can help you do that. Amen to all that. And yes. Joe did, Joe sent me a bunch of books. I sent most of them out. I have a few here. Um, so if anybody wants to reach out to me, I have a couple more and, and they're autographed, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And an excellent read. I mean, I read the whole book. I read the testimonies in the back, which is kind of cool. All the he's got a bunch of people, you know, that he's helped and through this situation. And let's face it, I mean, you know, when we say abduction, there's that we all have that Travis Walton like image stuck, burned in our brain, you know. He's out in the woods and he's sucked up by this UFO and all this. I get it. But when you dig deeper, and you see Joe's research and you just look at the commonalities between them. You're like, Oh, I see the deception here mm -hmm. and the scales come off the eyes and you realize yeah. I've been duped. I've been lied to. 
by multiple sources. So it's it's a very eye-opening thing. I remember, Joe, when I first found your website, this is, and, and Michael had to remind me because I hadn't been there in a while. Actually, I found your YouTube channel. And this is like, gosh, I don't mm-hmm. know, 10, probably 12, 13 years ago, maybe, when I was really digging into this stuff. And I knew there was something weird about him. Just, man, there is something. Because I was piecing it together with all the other paranormal things that I was investigating. And I realized, I'm like, wait a minute. I see something connecting all the dots. It's a nice straight line between them all. And then I found your channel. I'm like, oh, yeah, he gets it. Like, this this makes sense now, finally. And uh, so I always appreciate you um, yes, coming on, giving you us for... your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sure. Thank you, guys. I love I love working with you on the shows. You know, you guys make for a a great podcast and easy for people to understand, you know. Yep. That's because I'm a simple mind, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to be. Not not your mensa. Simple is best. Simple is best. Everybody wants to make it complicated. And usually the answer is very simple, Mm -hmm. you know. That's the way way God wrote the Bible. It's made for simplicity. Mm -hmm. He made it, you know, made it so we weren't to pick apart and, you know, and trying to use all sorts of crazy ideas. And it, it, it's very simple. You know, a, a child is supposed to be able to, a child to read it and understand it. You know, come, that's the way I read the Bible is I come at the Bible with a childlike mind, you know, no preconceived notions. I said, speak with me, you yes. know, and it comes out so clear. It's, it's when you want to go in and pick it apart, you know, and, and get too deep into it that things get complicated. You know, and you're trying to use whatever reasoning you bring into it. Don't bring any reasoning. Let God reason for you. Yeah. You know, that's why I say it's the most supernatural book in the universe. You want supernatural? Come join us. Mm-hmm. Come join us in God's word. You will be blown away. Amen. Very true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tam Grell said that, uh, where was that? Gino is an alien racist. <laughs> if you got like, what show was that? Our second one, Michael, when when Joe the dropped that aliens? bomb. I think that was the first one. I think was we because we, we were talking about the uh, <laughs> yeah we were talking about the lack of abduction experiences. I actually yeah I still have that. Let me see if I can find it just real quick because it's a short little video I got on my TikTok. I I actually made a short of that Joe. I thought it was it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. Like gosh, it was hilarious. Let's see, yeah, I probably got it right. Where's that at? It's right in here somewhere. Dang, I got a lot of videos on TikTok I forgot about. Um Oh, here it is. Okay. <laughs> this is great. The beginning of these red flags. And one of the first ones that I saw was this whole phenomenon is racist <laughs> in every aspect. <laughs> Truly, it is. I'm, I'm on the edge of my but seat for is, this but... one. <laughs> Racism yeah, obviously is. being the buzzword for the last eight, <laughs> Absolutely. <ten> years. <laughs> I mean, then they want to throw it back at you. Well, wait a minute. You know, the, the first abducted famous couple was, you know, a mixed couple. That's right. You know, back in the 60s. Excuse me. That was one. What was that? Uh, the what was their names? Starts Betty with B. and Barney Be- Hill. Betty, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one. Now give me ten more. <laughs> hmm. This is a white people's phenomenon. <laughs> 
There's that white privilege again. <laughs> you know, amazing. Man. That I I was puzzled by that. Why is it a white people's phenomenon? <laughs> That's you interesting. Know? That is so interesting. Oh, it is. Wow. Why is it? So I I tried to find out. I thought you know, quizzed minds want to know. So I started asking people, black people. I said you know. What do you think about this UFO phenomenon, especially abductions? You mean where they take people and they do bad things to them? I don't want no part of that. <laughs> you know, and they, these people, they tell you how, you know, their ancestors were oppressed. You know, their grandparents were oppressed. And even now they're still dealing with some kind of oppression. They darn sure don't want to welcome any more, especially from outside strange race, from other planets. Why would they? They don't want to open up to that. That's what I was getting from them. So they, they, don't... Maintain, they maintain that barrier. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't want no yeah. part of that. And I thought, wow, they don't want any part of that. Is that yeah. what's keeping that separate? The beginning of... I still love that one. Clip. <laughs> Good stuff. That was the first time I ever heard aliens were racist, and, I, and I'll never forget it. My life changed from that day forward, thanks to Joe Jordan. <laughs> Good stuff. Did you, you see know, some of the comments? If they didn't believe that part, I mean, just give them the example of we talked about it during the show tonight. You know, mm -hmm. you got. The white Nordics are the good guys, and the the, the aliens of color yes. are the bad guys. I mean, mm -hmm. don't tell me that isn't racism. Oh, gosh. Yeah, funny stuff. There was, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the comments on the side there, but there was a girl named Alexis. She was commenting over and over again about having out-of-body experiences and all kinds of uh, weird. Uh, she said, I had an outer-body experience or an ascended experience where I went to a higher round or maybe a structure of some sort just about eight months ago. Um, I also have had many interdimensional beings of many come to visit. And recently I've started to feel they were evil. Go figure the back of my neck. It doesn't matter what I do. It just really hurts and keeps filling back up. I don't know what that means. Filling back up. Yeah. She goes on and on with all these comments. So I didn't even know. Cause I, I, I forget about looking at the comments on TikTok. I just post videos and forget about them. So there's, I have to go back. I'm like, Oh yeah, crap. I should probably be answering these people. So, yeah, interesting stuff there. Yeah, she might want to test them, you know. She hasn't bothered to even think about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you, you know what I'll them? do? I'll go back and I'm going to throw your email in there for her to reach out yeah. to you. Yeah, I'll talk yeah. to her. That was you know, quite a she, while ago. She brought, up, she brought up, you know, out-of-body experiences. And, you know, I even believe most of the near-death experiences are all part of the same and then we've already talked about the drug-induced experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you see the same beings across all of them, you know, you know that something's not right here. Um, Out-of-body experience, do you really go out of body somewhere? Not really. They're giving you that vision, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, that's something they're giving you. It's the same thing as the, the abduction experience. That's a spiritual visionary experience. You can't go to that realm. We cannot go to that realm but they can make you think you can only they can come to our realm. And that's what we're dealing with. They can, they can affect us through our thoughts and they can affect us through, you know, 
manifesting into our realm. So there's two ways that they, they can affect us. In other words, what you're dealing with is uh, demonic harassment or, you know, not possession, but um, influence, demonic influence. You're allowing them to influence you. And it's just going to get deeper and deeper. They're going to suck you in. They're going to they're going to bring you in with more and more enticement, more seduction to get you involved. Never fails. Never does. Well, Man. that's a wrap. Unless anybody's got final words, that is the end of. We're at three hours and forty-four minutes exactly right now. Oh, <laughs> the we time just flies. <laughs> We very yeah, well crossed does. over the 12 hour mark. On, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. That's good. It's just, <laughs> you could talk about this stuff forever. Like it's just, yes. you know, it's you interesting can. talk. I mean, cause everybody's fascinated by this, whether you believe, don't believe it's a fascinating subject. So it's really you know, easy to go like down we, a bunch of rabbit holes too. And like we said, it, it's so complex, so layered, so deep, you know, that, and this delusion was meant to be that way. We weren't meant to get an answer to it, you know, as believers we were, but the non-believers, that's who this is for. And the people aren't following God's word, they are not going to get an answer to it until it's too late. Mm -hmm. You either listen to us now or it's going to be too late. I picture that, uh, that fruit, you know, from the tree of knowledge being something that has caused this insatiable you know it it causes us to spiral into this complication like you said you know that it's it's almost like you know in our pursuit of knowledge all we do is so confusion because we end up making something way more complicated than really what what it is and there's a lot of things like this where you know when you when you start telling somebody you know i don't necessarily believe that and they get upset and hostile because they want another explanation for something that there might not be an explanation for. And that's where I'm at. And I'm like, look, you know, I, the older I get, the more that I know, the more I know, I don't know. And so I'm just going to try to step back and go, okay, you know, we're not meant to have all the answers. And that's the whole reason Adam and Eve fell was because they wanted the answers. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. so I like to have answers. Doesn't mean that we're not going to get answers, but I know, you know, until we are in eternity, we're not going to know, you know, 2% of, you know, the amazing uh, awesomeness of this creation that God has made for us. But he tells you where to go for answers. Yes, sir. Jeremiah 33, three. That's, that's your source, not Google. Yep. (laughs) Not Bing, but Jeremiah 33, three. That's that's the place you want to go. Look that scripture up. That's your source of information if you want to know truth. You know, the the information that's available on this earth compares, doesn't compare, I should say, to what we're going to experience on the other side. And like any knowledge we gain on this side, we're going to look at as loss when we're in eternity because it really, it's nothing compared to what's coming. And what and yeah. God is an endless source of information. He is knowledge. He is intelligence. It's and it's eternal. It's there is no beginning or end to it. It is an ongoing right. intelligence that we will never even scratch the surface of in eternity. 
So when you think of it that way, who cares how much knowledge you gain here? I mean, yes, knowledge is useful for living and obviously in, in surviving in this fallen world. But at the same time, as believers, we know that it's much greater on the other side, the spiritual intelligence we're going to have and the wisdom of God that's with us. So, you know, that's that's what I kind of focus on. I don't care about what, what's the scripture, moth and rust corrodes here and, you know, thieves steal and all that stuff. It, this yep. is all temporary. This is a temporal world we live in. The next one's forever. And so that's what we yeah. should be you know, preparing for. I mean, I, I get preparing for retirement, Joe, and I'm sure you're probably thinking about retirement at some time. But <laughs> at the same time, there's, a retire, there's an ultimate retirement that's coming that I'm looking forward to. Yes. So, yeah. Focus on the relationship. That's Amen. the important thing. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Well, great show. I think everybody enjoyed it. We're getting lots of good compliments. Everybody loves you, Joe. Getting lots of Thank love. You. We appreciate you as always. Michael, my friend, have a good week at work. Um, yeah. Yep. Pray for me. I got me some too. things that are brewing right now. Hopefully a couple good things on the back burner I think are going to come through this week. So pray for me, Absolutely. Chad. If you're believers out there, I appreciate the prayers. I always pray for the chat. I always pray for my co-hosts and our guests. So guys, have a blessed week. We appreciate you. Oh, the gold pills. Sorry. Let me get those out. Michael, you didn't remind me. I'm sorry. I'm failing over here. <laughs> I may be off what? tomorrow, but I'm getting tired. What do I keep <laughs> them around for? My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Michael. Hey, we got Mike. How, we've, you know, we've been doing this. I think we're over a year now, man. Yeah. Believe it or not. I can't believe no, it. We, just, we decided hey. to start the blender. It was good. Yeah. To me, the Hawaiian joke was worth keeping in here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love, love dad jokes. They're just the simpler ones. Yes. The simpler ones make me happier. So I got to say, I do love the dad jokes when uh, Mark, Wal what is it? Mark Wahlberg and uh, Farrell, <laughs> William Farrell, Will Farrell. They do the dad joke thing. That's pretty funny. I, I do love that. Neo has snuck in with the shades. Neo, I didn't know you were lurking out there. So let me throw some shades out there. Did we have any shades tonight, Michael? I can't remember. Don't throw don't... shade, Gino. That's not right. I, I know. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Gosh, my, I got to tell you, the the later the night gets, the worse my eyes get. And I, I had my glasses in here, but they're, I don't even, where is my shades? I don't even, oh, there they are. My gosh, it was right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> We're yeah. all bobbing our heads. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, good, good show. Stuff, good thank stuff. you, Joe, for coming and, and joining us for a fourth time and yeah, being a regular you. uh regular guest of the blender. We very much appreciate you coming on and we appreciate all the folks who hung out with us in the chat and asked questions and you know, we love you all. Yeah. We love all of eventually, our brothers and Christ. Eventually we gotta do like a call in where people can call in and ask questions oh, yeah. and stuff like that Absolutely. would be fun yeah let's we should do that before the next time maybe we should come up with a little a little uh, outline that way we could follow it be like by this time let's what? open up the lines what? like why would we do that, that? <laughs> why would we do that michael <laughs> that's like being organized or something i mean come what? on what do you think we're running here <laughs> i like the free-for-alls though that's the blender right you're yeah. blended stuff that, up exactly that's why we call it the blender yeah all right god bless you have a great week I will see you on Tuesday night. Let our children go with Mark and Terry. We have a great guest coming on from Florida. So yeah, then also Wednesday, I'm also live Thursday. 
it's going to be a busy week. So see you guys sometime this week. Hopefully you come back. Appreciate y'all. Love you. All right, guys. Love you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.